No respawn. Just as a side note, no. Craig says he only records for six hours, so that means that we have to keep the podcast <laughs> under six hours. Minus oh, ranting. Come on. If if we record for six hours, my wife will murder me. There there will be no more period. Oh, I think I'll be murdered as well. Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny Two podcast. This week we have all the Shadowkeep expansion news, information, and opinions with Luke Smith's Director's Cut Parts 1, 2, and 3. Yes, and 3. We also have the This Week at Bungie for the 15th of August 2019 and the Armor 2.0 Vidoc Breakdown. All for you, wrapped up in a lovely little bow with a nice cherry on the top. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up, guys? No, I'm not doing voices this week. This yes. is a serious podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to get the information out in the... The most thorough way possible. Yes. <laughs> I'm joined this week by Titan, who is looking more and more like a warlock as he pours over the pages of Luke Smith's version of War and Peace this week. He is, of course, parody. And I'm also joined by the self-professed king of the Vanguard, Thanks to an email from Mr. Chubbs44 over on Xbox, who suggested Respawn be the next Hunter Vanguard. I held the king, praising you as our lord and savior. Night demon. Why oh, <laughs> oh, you swear? <laughs> all right, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I held the king, bruh! Yeah, right. And finally, we have a guest. And no, it's not Paul Tassie, like every other podcast this week. But we have had somebody that you've all heard of before. Well. Only if you've listened to this podcast. He has been with Destiny since the beta and helped carry me through my first Vault of Glass raid. It is the one and only Celestial Talons. I'm going to put some applause in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Celestial Talons. Hello. What up? He's got to be a hunter if he curses too much. What's up, guys? See, can you tell the... Look, Talents, you speak and then what? There you go. Nope, Houndish we sound Houndish different. Nope, we sound different. It's, it's, he sounds it's, more like Houndish it's than like I do. like there's two Nintendo I hear, mans. I hear two what Houndishes. That's all I hear. On, right? <laughs> oh, the voices. You think we have the same accents? They're the same. Oh. I think you. I think you're the exact same person. I don't think you have the exact same accent. I think. Yeah. No, I this think is just you're night just even again. Night demon trying to use a very poorly made synthesizer. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> well, you don't have to ask. I'm doing this free of charge. You just kind of get it. But please is appreciated. <laughs> we, we know you're secretly houndish. Don't stop trying to deny it. Right. We, we keep it on to you. So, um, so uh, my, my, my comrade in arms here said that uh, we're going to try to keep the cursing to a minimum, to which your response was, damn it. Right? So, um, yeah. <laughs> I... So, I working what? software my entire job is shouting at the computer until it does what i want so see, see just thank you. now, now just too, so we so clarify things right great. quick uh what what subclass do you play mostly everything i don't have a main I, I, i've never had a main oh how interesting do you have so one that no maybe you no hunter ally for you buddy do you, do you enjoy playing titan more do you enjoy playing warlock more do you enjoy He's Any... not a hunter. Just give up. He's not a hunter. You're on your own. I want to specify whether it's three titans against a hunter or, you know, 
two Titans and a Warlock and a Hunter or what? I mean, come on. We need to have boundaries here, all right? I just uh, want to know say that what he favors. Lately, it's been edging more towards Warlock. There's there's more use of them right now. Okay, but, so there you go. Now we have clarification. There really is. Until that Weapons of Light comes back. If you saw you saw the post, you know what? That's in my notes. I'll wait till later to 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 lose my mind about that. All right. So <laughs> anyway, who wants to start? I'm guessing that I'll have to start because you seem to have got all the other notes, haven't you, Parody? All right, all right, all right. All right, I got notes. I'm babyless and I'm wifeless. Let's go. Okay, so. You're going to have to sit back, relax, and take this all in your stride because this is going to be a hell of a lot of information that's going to be thrown at you. I can do um, one of those things. If you want me to do all three, you're asking what, for throw stuff. No, I can sit back, but you're telling me to relax and take this in stride that you might be well, pushing your luck. Not you, people that listen to the show. Oh, I thought you were warning you're me specifically to, to shut the hell up before you started this. No, <laughs> you're meant to be contributing to the show. Right. You're meant to have seen all the videos, read all the notes. And therefore, everyone out there who doesn't understand what narcissism is, that was an example. <laughs> and our right, guest this week has quite a few opinions because we've been talking over the last couple of weeks of even, you know, I've alluded to it on the podcast where you've been in and out of destiny talents, haven't you, with how you feel about it and then how you, you know, whether it's in a good place or a bad place. So yeah, so it's a love hate relationship. There's a uh, quite a lot of temper tantrums thrown from me, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this week would be a good week to get you on and respawn, and right. even seeing parodies notes. You know, I'm just going to give you the same intro music for your rants. So it'd be Talon's tirades, parodies pontifications, and respawn's rants. Nice, perfect, perfect. So this week we've been bombarded with a load of information. We've had the director, Luke Smith, giving us breakdowns of where the game is, where the game's going, and where the game's going even more. We've also had an Armour 2.0 breakdown with a Vidoc with Deej and a couple of the um, guys that have built the 2.0 Armour set. And we've also had This Week at Bungie. And every single thing we've kind of collated and put it into a podcast for you this week. So... We're going to start off with Luke Smith's Director's Cut Part 1. And Luke says that he thinks that transparency about the game is important. So they're making a lot of changes to Destiny 2 with Shadowkeep and New Light. And they want Destiny 2 to be an amazing action MMO in a single evolving world that you can play anytime, anywhere with your friends. Overall, there are some things about the annual pass that worked out very, very well and some real learning curves for them along the way. The annual pass was a transition for us, they say, and we've been moving away from DLC and trying to provide provide more ongoing reasons to play Destiny. We set up a calendar of content, showed you the plan early and delivered it. Destiny's history has had many content droughts, but not this year. The annual pass was harder on the team than they anticipated. So working on the game was starting to wear people down. And they've given a few examples. And they say during the annual pass, they invented new bespoke ways to earn rewards each season. So Black Armory had its bounties. Season of Drifter had its reckoning machine. And Season of Opulence had its chalice. And each of these mechanisms, each with their own lessons, 
these were valuable, but also put the team into an unstable development cycle. So basically saying, even though they had help from those other studios, it was still quite a toll on the team. We needed to develop a more systemic, standardized set of mechanics for progression to keep our teams healthier. We're going to take this problem on in D2 year three. Yeah, I mean, just sort of, you know, that was his, his way of saying, we made you a lot of content, we delivered on all of it, but we killed ourselves doing it. And while there were no content droughts, I think they need to have some of those content droughts just to give them some breathing room as developers and to give us breathing room as players because they've pushed out so much new content. It feels like running on a treadmill from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And you don't have enough time to go back and enjoy, you know, the forges. Now the drifter is here and reckoning. Oh, now Menagerie is out. And now this is out. And now there's a new exotic out. Now there's something new to chase. So I think if you only had, you know, five or 10 hours to play Destiny each week, you would have moved on from the game entirely because there's just so much to do. And you feel like you're constantly so far behind especially playing with folks who are doing this day in and day out. So I think, you know, they've put the the content out sort of at a streamer's pace where it releases Tuesday by the weekend, the streamers have done all that. They're on to the next thing by next Tuesday. They need a new challenge, a new activity where they're ready to move on. The rest of us aren't, the rest of us are not playing at that pace. And because they pushed out so much new stuff, we've lost a lot of the, the bug fixes. We've lost a lot of the small changes to the world. We've lost trials of the nine. We've lost the crucible labs, the faction rallies, They've been working on so many big things. They've lost the things they had before in the game that people enjoyed. And I think, you know, overworking the team, you know, we've seen a lot of big bugs come in the game. Now, granted, I'm sure they've caught a lot of bigger bugs that never saw the light of day, that we never saw as players. But we've seen things that they brought in that have been very broken. They've had to pull. And I think just slowing down will give them more time to fix a lot of this stuff, which will be good for them and good for us. See, um, I agree with that, right? Obviously. But I know you guys don't care about what I agree on. Um, but I did want to add that I think the way that they did it could have been slightly better. And again, I agree with the whole treadmill thing. It's just, you know, boom, 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 boom. You got to do this because there's a time limit on it or whatever, right? They could get away with content droughts, like what you're saying. I, I don't enjoy content droughts, right? Because it does make the game a little bit boring or whatever. But if you have something to fill in that gap while they don't have any new content. For example, the 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 event that everybody's currently doing with with the nonsense solstice. armor. Thank you. Uh, the solstice event. The fact that it, it has an expiration date on it, I don't think is a good thing, right? Because that they're forcing themselves to have content droughts, as it were, right? Because I want to work on my armor at my pace. I don't want to work on three sets of ridiculous armor where I have to do bonkers amount of grinding in a limited window space because then when that window is over now i don't have any content anymore when i could have still been working on that armor should i choose to do so right so if they just stop putting expiration dates on things that would be for the best they wouldn't have to worry about content drops because people wouldn't be killing themselves to like to try to get this before it's over you know i don't know quite how the bad juju is going because i've had a really busy week and my memory isn't the greatest but i'm pretty sure that there's also an expiration date on on the no. um bad no. juju no at least was, well, no. something had an expiration date didn't it juju doesn't we covered yeah. it either last yeah. week or the week yeah previous. juju doesn't expire the they said the tribute hall is a permanent thing it's not going to go away at any point oh you're right it's it's going to be um, around as a permanent fixture on nessus okay better example the arbalesque you can't get it if you missed it you can't get it it, right? You can. You can get it from well drops. I but, got it yesterday. Oh, did you? 
Yeah, world drop and gambit bonus. Because I wasn't sure if that became the the world drop. I heard rumors, yeah. but I had no way to verify it. Right now, okay. did you have it before, yeah. and was it in your loot pool to get it as a world drop, or did you get it as a world drop and did not have it previously? I didn't have it previously. I wasn't playing when Arbalest uh, was a thing. It was a just a standard exotic drop. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify because I know some things. Once you have it, it can be in your loot pool, and you can mm-hmm. it will show back up again for the good people out there who may have also missed it. What's your view? Um, talents on I, I can kind of echo what you guys have said really is someone that was more of a casual player during the last sort of year or so coming back into it when I did I was like a deer in headlights I had no idea what to do there was just so much stuff that had happened and all, all the special missions like the zero hour and things like that I was gone I had no idea what to do first but again you wouldn't you wouldn't have a lot of these issues if they would stop putting expiration dates on things now my other two examples were bad but the current event, the solstice, is still a good example. You know, I do want all three pieces of armor. I don't have time to do it, so I've just given up. So should we move on? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So Luke Smith also says that he likes Gambit Prime, and it felt like a great refine. It felt like a great refinement of Gambit to him, and he'd love to hear our thoughts on it. But in the future, they're going to have to make a choice. Which Gambit is the Highlander of Gambits, Prime or Classic? So basically, what he's saying is that he wants to only have one, just the best version of that one. And Why? they say, because, um, yeah, you know, they, they want to. It's, it's too much to support. They need to start pulling things out of the game because the technical debt of supporting all these things forever means we don't get new things or we don't get bug fixes. But, 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 but. I don't. I don't think. I. I don't care about how complicated it is for them to do it. Right? You have all these different versions. They, they don't of care. Crucible, that you, they don't care that you don't care. And we only get one version of Gambit. Well, they say that it's not about removing stuff from Destiny Two, but the game can't grow infinitely forever. We think that Gambit is sweet and deserves more ongoing support, and they want to ultimately focus that support on whichever you know mode ends up being the best, the Highlander, as he puts it. And he says that there can only be one. So. Whether it comes down to the Destiny you just repeated community. Yourself. I know that's what he said, but my question is why? I know, but whether it comes down to the Destiny community to choose which is the one. I don't and... want to choose. They both have good and bads for each one. I they like do. playing both gambits. Why do I only get one gambit and we have 30 crucibles? Because it's all crucible. I don't think I don't I don't think that should be the way that they go. Right? As as an opinion, if they want an opinion, here's my opinion. Don't get rid of either one of them. Now, if you have to streamline which one you're going to make better, I would say probably Prime. But that doesn't mean I don't like playing OG Gambit. So I yeah. don't think they should get rid of either one of them. Talents? I, I completely understand why they're doing it. I think there's far too much crossover between the two. When you talk about Crucible and you're playing different game modes in Crucible, you know, you're playing something like 6v6 Control feels very different to Clash, things like that, whereas Gambit and Gambit Prime to me feels like I'm essentially playing the same thing, just in a slightly different format. I, I understand why they think if you keep the two of them going forward, that's a lot more to support. You've got to think about all the balancing around that as well. How do things, you know, new weapons relate in one game mode to another? I, I don't really see the need for two and certainly when you're doing things like the weekly objectives i find that i'll do one of them and then i'll start doing the other one i'm like why am i doing this all over again it's just a waste of time for me i think gambit gambit prime is the clear way forward and just go with that one yeah but gambit you don't have to 
I see what you're saying about having to go to one and do the other, but you don't have to do both for the weeklies. You can get all of your objectives for just... Oh, wait, no, you're talking about the powerful gear? Yeah, the powerful gear, just for like right. the weekly reset, the daily reset, those sort of ones. Got you, never mind. I thought you were talking I'm about... I'm playing catch-up here. i got to do all that stuff, like you know? That. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I have, I think I've actually sort of reversed my thinking, because initially when I first read this, I was thinking of Key Gambit Prime, because you've got the whole Reckoning, you've got the whole armor, but the more I think about it, I say keep original Gambit and get rid of Prime, get rid of the Reckoning. You know, it needs a major rework anyway for for the Reckoning drops, all the all the armor sets. If especially if you're not going to bring it forward, I mean, yeah, it'll be available as armor two O drops, come Shadow Keep and all. But honestly, if you you know have it as an event and say, you know give it give it a firm end date and say, okay, you have until this date to play Gambit Prime and get your again reckoning, another expiration date and whatever. And then take it away and say, you know, it was here for the season of the Drifter. It's been here for six months, a year, two years, whatever that date is. And then say, you know, now we're going to take it out of the game. Maybe bring Gambit Prime back in as a seasonal event, rotate it in, maybe rotate, you know, it in periodically. But I think keep original Gambit. I like I like the changes making the third round a final death round, a sudden death round, because it just shortened the gameplay. It Gambit Prime matches tend to go very long if you've got well-matched invaders going back and forth against each other. What? And the armor's and the armor's interesting, but again, I remember talking, you know, months and months and months ago about you know our worries of hey, you've got the you know the streamers and folks who are gonna you know grind this armor out and get full you know notorious armor gear, go into prime and stomp all over people, but still here we are now like five months later, and I've very rarely seen anybody running full armor gear, other than the invader armor sets. I think even just the other day I've seen the first couple of of uh you know 20 moat extra large blockers come through it's like i just i'm not seeing i'm not seeing a lot of the armor sets in play at least you know that affects well, that's from because the other team. They, they're either invader like you said or sentry right Sentry's so it's really like, good for taking out enemies so that you can fill the bank faster right yeah so it's like it, it's there but it it doesn't seem like it you can sort of ignore that armor set and still play the game and more or less have just as much success and Sorry, I've, that's I've, I've, I've played i've not played sentry. a ton of i apologize yeah, and I've played a ton of Gambit. I've reset my rank five times. I've played a huge amount of Gambit, and I just don't think it adds that much to it. So I think keep original Gambit, get rid of Gambit Prime and the Reckoning, you know, bring it back as a seasonal event or something, or just say, hey, it had its run. We're going to retire it now and move well, on. Reckoning, I know I know it's tied to Gambit Prime, but I like Gambit Prime, and I, I don't like the Reckoning. Right? But I do enjoy playing Gambit Prime. Well, you've got to keep the two. Matches, you've got to keep the two. They're, they're a pair. I, I'm aware of that. One, you Once fix you the have other all one, the armor, you don't play Reckoning anymore, so it's irrelevant, right? Right? Why would right. you go into Reckoning if you've already got the armor? I don't think you need it. to keep them tied together either. You could have some other way of getting the armor just for the sake of Gambit Prime. Reckoning uh, could reckoning. be a weekly rotational, not a weekly, like 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 uh, every three weeks, like the Dreaming City. You know, hey, you you've got this much time to build up all those tokens, and bam, it's here. Now you can burn them all in yeah Try to get your armor or weapons or whatever yeah that's a good point like talon said you you could even just make make the armor a drop from gamma prime or tie it to a bounty like the like the headpieces now getting your rank up and reckoning you know play six matches of gambit and you'll get a you know armor set or whatever or armor piece something so like do you that. think that they should integrate the reckoning armor sets into og um gambit is that the that would be the nice way that we're thinking that would be nice but yeah, yeah, put yeah, put those in, in OG Gambit, get rid of Prime. And that way you would have would the best of both worlds. Make the OG Gambit 
you know very similar to prime where you could then potentially have longer and longer matches you know you're then thinking you've got three rounds and although the the final round is the boss round those first two where it's going to be backwards and forth you know with it invaders coming over and stealing moats and blocking and this and that yeah. it's it's going and, to make and, it into and a that's the long... point i was trying to make I, I don't, i've never played a long match of prime like what you're talking about prime goes pretty quick for me but way way quicker than than regular gambit does I'll, I'll get all my bounties and my weeklies done on prime half the time if that than my regular gambit I'm in the same boat. I've had one outlier game of uh, Prime the other day that went to actually the end time ran out. Other than that, I just find it so much faster than Gambit. And it's the, the round system of Gambit what really gets to me, especially if you lose that first round. A lot of the time, I don't want to win the second round because I just want it to get over with faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, quite bad. Yeah, you know, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, if you lose that first round, it's like, let's just. You know, work on bow kills for the hush or something in the second round. Let's not try to win it and force a third round. Let's just let us give them the win because there's no reason. We're thinking of it. There's no motivation. We're, we're, to win. we're all thinking of it as kind of we're coming from, you know, single players. Not you know, we're not working as teams going in and playing gambit for the, like the competitiveness. Oh, we like a like it originally started out being. You know, you had to build your team and go in and and when you first started playing gambit or prime, you, you saw you know, every opposing team had the set, you know, it was all glowing on the opposite side. And for the first couple of weeks, it worked. And then, as you were saying, it slowly died off, you know, and I think, are we, you know, looking at it from, you know, the perspective of a lot of people that, that now just go in and play it singularly, or, you know, is it, an, um, is it a biased side that, you know, we're on the, the minority, not the majority? Probably, probably singular players. Right, but if we went in as a clan, when we when we play Gambit as a clan, whether Prime or Original or whatever, I don't give a damn how long it lasts because I'm with you guys and we're having fun messing with each other or taka taka more than we are playing the actual game, you know. So, I I think my crazy train just got derailed. I forgot where I was going <laughs> with this, but um, <laughs> I mean. It, yeah, I'm I'm talking from from whenever I'm playing without you guys because when I'm playing with you guys, I don't care what we're doing because it's it's enjoyable, it's fun. No, I understand that, but yeah. I think as the game yeah. mode has gone on and it's as it's the game has progressed, a lot of us now just like Talons has been doing, going in solo, playing the game mode, and getting out after he's got his um, drops, hmm. and a lot of us do that. Like I bet you know a lot of people for Definitely. the last couple of weeks for Solstice have been going in. And going in solo just to get those games out of the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people, we've heard a lot of been going AFKers and exactly yeah, a lot yeah. of people been going in idling. I've played a couple matches where there was a guy on our How team do you with, idle though. With I mean, wrap a rubber band around your controller or you know move it periodically. I, I, I played a game or two this week that had guy had you know zero kills, zero modes banked, zero modes losses, zeros across the board. He was there, but he did not contribute at all. Had a couple strikes like that too. There, you know, and that's that's the problem. You know, the problem with making people play X number of things, which is a good requirement because there's no, you know, success failure rate to it. But it's still, if you've got to play this over and over and over, you're going to have people that are just going to, you know, quote unquote, play it, but not actually contribute anything. So moving on from what Luke Smith was saying, um, he continues with Season of the Drifter Thoughts. And he says the first time that he used Phoenix Protocol at home, he knew it was over. 
it's an exotic coat that refills my well of radiance and then refills itself as I slay so that I can continue to play my way of standing in the well and killing things, being invulnerable and dealing a ton of damage. I mean, I've there's so many questions about that one statement that I think we, you know, it's <laughs> how, how is that you're playing that at home and you've only just realized. Um, so, and, and at that point, why did you not say, oh, we've made a terrible mistake? <laughs> well, it gets worse because they say that um, with that, they were breaking encounter rules left, right and center. And especially on the Reckoning Bridge in no small part due to the players in an always active well of radiance becoming invulnerable gods holding all six infinity stones all the time and you know with that they then had to put um enemies coming from all around you and snipers to kind of create a little bit of balance for that and he then goes on to say that they had an internal team codenamed velvita um, and they were formed in the wake of quota's end modem unplugging debacle and they said that, you know, once Velveeta can get close to beating something or beat it outright, that becomes an important data point. And, you know, and they ask, is this hard enough? But, you know, we give them a bunch of tips like, here's how this works. Can you beat it? So if they can, it's a good indicator of the action game and the gear that's working together. But I don't understand. They've got this team, how this team didn't understand how that one piece of armor would not make everybody invulnerable. You know, how has it then got to the point that Luke Smith's playing it at home? That's, that's my main question takeaway from that one. So, I mean, you know, he's being quite honest and open about telling us now, but at the time there's nothing you can do once it's shipped is, you know, is it, it's just, it's out there, but I don't understand how. Maybe they did know that that one piece of armor does that because that's what it's designed to do but only if you're playing that one character right so i mean it's an exotic piece of armor it's supposed to be overpowered it's supposed to do those kinds of things so they didn't take it as this thing makes you invincible because that's what it's designed to do we're not invincible but you know because you can still get killed even before the nerfs if you're standing in a wall of radiance and it's a blackout it doesn't matter if you're in the well. Those guys are going to one-shot you when they come in there with the axes. You're still going to die, right? And at that point, being in the well is counterproductive because you can't move when they both come at you or even one of them. And he slams that axe down and your whole team is dead. Yeah. This whole passage really, to me, is more indicative of further issues at Bungie, um, particularly uh, Night Demon, where you say that once you put things out there, you can't take them back. Mm-hmm. I think one of the problems with that is that they don't take them back fast enough. The spells that we get between um, sort of bug fixes and balance and, and things like that are just too long. That if they would have put that armor out and then two weeks later they come along and say, hey, that was a bit strong, we turn it down a bit, then you can take that back a little bit people are going to say well, that was a great two weeks but yeah okay that's gone now whereas what they kind of do now is they put things out and then they just leave them and leave them forever and there's six months between you see before you see any balancing at all and they're building other content on top of that as they go which they've got to do that yeah sequentially as they you know as they've got multiple things in development at once but they can still speak to each other and say you know we're looking at toning this down here so perhaps don't balance your entire content around this feature being in the game when you release it 
So what you're yeah. saying is fix it before we get used to it? Before yeah, it just a part of the game? fix things more often. They just need to be looking at things more often. You play other games and they're sort of popping things onto a beta environment every two weeks and then that goes onto live. Two weeks later, if it wasn't quite right, they'll adjust it again. You get another patch out. But with Bungie, it's you know six months before they touch anything. I mean, just as an example, Phoenix Protocol dropped with Forsaken. So it was out in September. And then Season of the Drifter came along in March, was it? So that's six months that they knew that was an issue. You know, this thing would then cause problems down the line. You know, they might not have 100% known what the reckoning was because it might not have been the thing that they were developing. It might have been, I think it was one of the other studios, wasn't it? High Moon or Vicarious. Um, but like you were saying, a conversation between this, you know, the studio saying this is potentially going to break that part of the game that you guys are working on. We might just tone it down now. Yeah, what if they don't necessarily realize Anna. it? I don't know oh. how big their testing team is, right? But once it gets pushed out to us, who now has a bajillion players playing the game, then as a community, we realize that something is better than what maybe the devs or the testers realized as they were making it, right? right. So maybe maybe that's a part of the thing. that They're like, holy crap, I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. But right. there are things... with that, you can then pull it back. But there are other things, like, like what he said, what he admitted later on in the same podcast is when Luke Smith had the nerve to say if he could go back he would have introduced the whisper in its nerfed form instead of the black hammer version, right? This is going to be a part of the rant later. So I'm not going to say the whole thing, but that's a lesson that he learned from D one. That's all I'm saying. That wasn't a whole, Oh crap. We didn't know that this was going to happen in the D two community. He knew it. It happened in the first game. Shouldn't have made the same mistake twice, but that's all I'm saying about that. Cause there's more for that later, but it's crap like that. That happens that they should, should have learned from the first time you know because the first part community goes hey you know check this out if you put these things together you can be like invincible for whatever and the devs are like holy crap we didn't know that let's go back and fix that right but it might take them like you said six months to make that patch fix whereas if the dev team or the testing team had come across that and testing could have been pushed out before we even saw that it was the thing right so i i, I kind of see both sides to that fence you know, even if the stuff goes live, if they're not, you know, if they're not working on building us brand new content and brand new events every week, they've got time to go back and make some of these changes and make these pushes and, you oh, know, yeah. test, test them out and do it. You know, I, again, I think we're seeing small changes to the game being sacrificed in, in the push for new, 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 new. And if you, again, slow down the release of your new stuff, you can fix and rebuild and re, you know, tweak the world we're living in then we won't have, you know, again, they've built us up into these immortal gods because they did, they've gone down this path. And now, as again, as things get developed in tandem, we're, we're down this path of immortal gods and there's sort of no way back until you sort of slam on the brakes and say, we need to have a big reset. Well, I think that's And that's what Shadow keeps going to bring us, yeah. Yeah. So the three of you, I want to know your opinions, right? Since Destiny 3, or <sighs> Destiny 2, is, is a fantasy game. Right, it, it's it's an empowerment game. We can't we come to play this. What do you because... mean fantasy game? This is in real life. <laughs> the moon's so, still haunted. Would you would you as a group, you three, prefer to be overpowered and have that I am a god feeling, and that that is how you enjoy your game, or do you want it to be more difficult? You know what what state of destiny do you three prefer? 
more godlike or harder to do things? I don't think you need to pick. I think there's there's room for everything in the game. You should be more godlike in the story missions, the old content. That's where you should be in that sort of position. But then you should be getting challenged by the end game activity, which again is I think is something they're looking to do in Shadowkeep. Okay. Now, going on to that point, what do you think about you being Mr. Godlike still being killed by the ads that you killed when you were like level ten? I don't see that as an issue, really. You still got to have some slight challenge there. You shouldn't be able to just walk through everything because that would just be completely boring. Yeah, but certain activities that you've already passed, you know, because I play a lot you're of MMORPGs. You're still going right? to take damage. I mean, you're yeah, still going to take, still enough, take damage. enough damage. Yeah, damage, you're not going to die in the same way. That but... much damage. I mean, right? a bunch of thrall can still kill you no matter what your your power level or light level is. But a why? bunch of thrall eventually, because you take enough damage, they're eventually going to get the job done. Eventually, being the key word there, right? So, what are you what are you doing that you're getting killed by low level enemies? I'm just listen as an example. Okay, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, but as an example, if if I was able to kill these guys when I was like, same but it's comparable parody did you want to just cover the notes that you've made on the reckoning i mean, I mean the only thing i was just going to say is you know they mentioned some d- d- design guidelines which i thought was interesting actually spelling out you know here's the things they try to do mm-hmm. they don't want to spawn enemy players behind you know they don't want to spawn enemies behind the player we want players to play a game of taking space from the enemy we want players to have cover where their shield and health can recharge or they can get where they get to be smart about using geometry, movement, ability, and gunplay to dig enemies out of cover and make interesting decisions about target prioritization. They want players to be able to understand where in the space enemies will come from, and if we're going to reverse that in combat, um, they, they're going to give you cues, a.k.a. if, they're, if they are spawning to spawn enemies behind you, they want to telegraph that. They use dropships, spawn clouds, audio cues, all kinds of tricks to sort of tell you where things are coming from or where the reinforcements are going to appear from. Yeah, and as like player that. power was dr- dramatically increasing more on this increase later, the encounter rules got thrown out the window. So just like, you know, just like they said, I thought it was interesting. Here's sort of the rules they try to stand by. And you can sort of see how these rules were thrown out the window in Reckoning because they threw everything but the kitchen sink at us and sometimes the kitchen sink too, trying to kill us. And, and you know, it, again, it was the problem of they've made our Guardians too powerful because they basically gave you a year one, uh, I'm sorry, a Destiny 1 Titan bubble where you were absolutely immortal, except they made it so you could shoot through it. Because now it's just a pool of water on the ground. And we're now immortal gods, and they have to try to build a game around that with that in the game, which affects, which needs to be reflected in every single activity they build, because that's something people can go in with. And if they do, there's almost no challenge to it, because you can just stand there and deal damage forever. So I thought it was interesting, you know, giving us what they try to stick to and just seeing. I've been thinking about that more as I've been playing the game this week. Here's the rules and guidelines we try to t- stick to, and they more or less stick to those, except in Reckoning, because. 
they couldn't and have it be challenging. All right, fair enough. Yeah, that's our so, goal anyway. Continuing on with what Luke Smith was saying in his part one, he said that we want Destiny to be a game where you have lots of choices with your character, build what you choose to do, and funneling those choices down to only one in the reckoning is something we don't want to repeat. We've historically thought about the main Destiny campaign as something we want to be pretty easy, and he thinks the D2 campaign was actually too easy at times. So as players push further into the post-game, they'd be able to find more challenge. Across Destiny's history, we haven't had enough challenge deep enough into the end game, and that's definitely something on their list as they head towards fall 2019. And the entire time that they've been making Destiny, the action game and the RPG have been fighting, and it's a forever war. Yeah, which is what we've been going back and forth with. And just the two things I wanted to mention was just with this move towards more a more RPG part of the game, I was really hoping we'd see some tools for loadout, some tools for building building my monster killing machine in game, which they more or less said isn't going to happen. So I'm very thankful for the rich ecosystem of third-party applications like Dim, like Little Light, like Ishtar Commander that are out there because playing the game without those tools, I would not be playing the game if I had to go to the tower, go to my vault to make changes every single time. So I'm happy well, those are there. I worry changes is because those things exist. Like, right. Variety of thing. We don't need to develop it. Right. And I worry about that because if those developers, you know, their life situation changes, their jobs changes, they don't have time to continue this, you know, losing those tools because they aren't paid for parts of the game. You know, people are supporting them with donations and whatnot, but they aren't, and no one on staff at Bungie is making these tools. So I'm happy they're there, but I worry about that tenuous developer relationship not not Bungie the developer, but the developer of those tools continuing to develop those tools because there's a bunch of changes happening with the Shadowkeep release they have to incorporate into this. And it's just one guy, like I believe Ishar Commander is, that's a lot of work. And and I'm excited with Shadowkeep. You know, I feel like we have this one true exotic meta where it's like you either need to have the one gun or the one exotic armor piece to play any activity. And I'm hoping that's going to change now that there's some, some roles and stats and more greater variety. There will still be a meta. There will still be sort of the best thing to use, but I'm hoping there will be a couple of best things to use. Maybe not just one thing, which would, which will help Bungie in their ongoing balancing of, you know, we don't have to nerf the one weapon, the one whisper, the one, you know, exotic coat. Now we can make some smaller changes because it's not just one thing that everyone is moving towards. Okay. So moving on to the next part of um, Luke Smith's opus that he's written and i know i'm opening a can of worms even saying this sentence <laughs> so um he says if he could turn back time we'd probably not run the whisper as the original black hammer infinite ammo design however considering the year before destiny had been feeling restrictive and with its power limit so i know all three of you have got some Whoa. you know something Whoa. to say on this subject yeah just say, before, <laughs> is this where we start rant music um is this no where we go? no no before, you... before response spins up let's get telestial and i respond spin up spin up like that sweet business over there in the background we'll get to you in a second <laughs> but yeah right. you know, I, I just want to because I, I went back and looked because we got we got whisper of the worm july 17th 2018 alongside with patch 1.2.3 which brought a ton of changes to the game it was really a part a part where Destiny was feeling really underpowered. So I think part of their thinking was, okay, let's bring back a really powerful weapon in the game. You know, it dropped into the game with no notice, no knowledge. 
it was just Reddit things blowing up going, oh my God, there's a secret quest. Oh my God, what is it? Oh, what is it? Let's go find this out what this is. So I think just with a little bit of context, it was a part where they wanted to give the game a boost of power. And, and they did. They gave it that boost, but they gave it that Red Bull double espresso shot right to the face. Talons, do you have any thoughts on this before Respawn screams about it? I'm pretty tirade-free on this, actually. I, I, I'm very much in agreement with Luke Smith. I think Destiny 2, when it first launched, was incredibly boring um, and turned a lot of people off the game. And the injection of power, I think, was good. That did bring people back. But I think we can all kind of agree that Whisper just having infinite ammo is a little bit too much. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not actually that sort of angry about this section. Are you not angry about the fact that it was brought back in its original form? of the Black Hammer Infinite Ammo, even though they learned with Black Hammer where they nerfed it and took away the Infinite Ammo. Then they gave us the Black Spindle um, with the Infinite Ammo and then nerfed that. It's not like they hadn't learned that in the previous few iterations of it and then bringing it back again in the original form with the Infinite Ammo. Does that not kind of, kind of upset you in any way? thinking maybe they should have redesigned it as something slightely different where infinite ammo could have been taken into consideration but there was more of a um, risk reward for it yeah i I mean i I can certainly see why people would be angry about them effectively you know doing the same exact same thing twice but it kind of felt maybe it's a, a negative that it kind of felt like a necessity a little bit when it first launched and you, it kind of made a lot of things feel better before it felt like a bit of a slog to do the high-end activity and then whisper was kind of the savior of the day but maybe as they're going forward and sort of re-looking at that sort of levels for the end game content it does need another readjustment okay cue the music <laughs> So um, you guys actually did take most of my rant from this. So I'm going to have to kind of adjust <laughs> a little bit, right? All right. So, but all right. Ugh. So look, he did have the nerve to say that. That, 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 that's, that's insane that he actually said that. But before you start going off on one though, remember that we did do a whole podcast on this nerf and you, I know. you did have a huge rant on it. So maybe just a little mini nerf right. rant so that we can then continue. Yeah, Respond it's, it's more the nerfed. second part of this, right? That we again kind of discuss. Well, whatever, right? All right, so here we go. Are you he just upset have... that he's admitted? Is that what you're upset? Is the fact that he actually I'm... come out and admitted to this? Yes and no. Okay, I'm upset that he admitted it, but there's a reason why. Okay, so, <sighs> so th- this 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 enrages me because that lesson should have been learned from D1, you know, because there was a backlash back then whenever they nerfed it. Right. But the fact that it took him two, no, actually, now that I think about it, three iterations of the same mistake, because it was the black hammer with the infinite rounds, the black spindle with the infinite rounds, and then it got nerfed. And then it was to, the whisper with the infinite rounds, and then it got nerfed. Huh? We've had, we've had black hammer since December 2013, six hmm. years. Yeah. It's taken him that long to learn. Yeah, and th- so three iterations of the same mistake over yeah. six years infuriates me beyond normal standards of anger. Knowing that a person who has to make the same mistake more than once but to learn his lesson... Are you laying is- it entirely at Luke Smith's feet for this? Or are you just using him as an example because he's the one that's written this? 
it, it it's it's he he wrote it, but I am throwing it at his feet because he controls how the game flows. He in the end, he's the ominous dominus. This is gonna go, this is not gonna go person. I'm not sure if he's controlled all the decisions going forward. He I mean, he is now he's directing the game as you know, going into Shadowkeep, but maybe he wasn't the director on certain parts. He's not the Steve Jobs of Bungie. Okay. No. I don't know that but to be true, and you're also making also, an assumption. So, assuming he is the guy that does this, if he's not, great. My rant is invalid. But if he is, right, the knowledge that a person that has to make that same mistake more than once to learn his lesson, being in charge of one of my favorite games, is enough to make me want to, like, burn my safety blanket, okay? How many more times is this individual, assuming it is him, that gives the final okay, going to ruin my gaming experience by repeating the same stupid <clears throat> mistakes that he that he made before, before learning this lesson, you know? And this rolls into the whole, uh, I just want to point out that he was talking about the whisper nerf and the snowball super nerfs with those exotics that everybody nerfed or that he nerfed that everybody used. That's what I meant to say. He also mentioned that supers right now are incredibly strong because they are, and there are going to be more super changes in the future. So on top of this, what I'm getting from this is this means that there's more nerfs coming to the supers themselves. Well, to me, I, that's I think you're, you're jumping ahead here, but I think the game's going to change and we'll slowly learn that over like the next couple of months. But sticking with your whisper thing, because we're still on it, um, Going by what Celestia Talons has just said, you know, it came at a, uh, a point where the game needed that strong weapon to help, you know, propel Destiny further. And, you know, he gave a valid argument for that. It, then it Destiny should have stayed there. That. It but, should have stayed there. Because no, the game didn't change. That kind of weapon. Right? The game is still the same game for the most part. Right? And even even before we got the newer, cooler exotics... The Black Whisper was nerfed in that same little block. So we needed the Black Nerf to get past a certain point, but then it got nerfed while we still had that point to get past. What's the point of that? But you're back to I don't know. Re requiring one I, gun and one armor piece to play every endgame activity. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, doing what they've always done is they don't they don't they don't they put a lot of guns in the game. They put a lot of armor pieces. If they're using if you're using one gun and one armor piece, they're gonna mix things up and say, stop doing that. Use something different. So I think you've definitely beaten that to a complete pulp of over two podcasts now. So I think we'll just leave it there and carry on. I know. I'm sorry. You know, you it can, might be over you two podcasts. Make your own podcast. It's occurred over the course of how those two upset podcasts. You are. It's a relevant point. I didn't say it wasn't a valid point, but Luke Smith has said he was wrong. What more do you want? You know, he's. We all knew it was wrong at the time because he's we taken it, it even was... further. You know, that's what I'm saying. It went from the Black Spindle to now he nerfed yep. the exotics that like we used for our armor pieces. And now that's not enough. Now he's going to start messing with the supers themselves, nerf the supers themselves. No, but I think I think you're looking at it the wrong way. In the context I of a huge game change. The game is going to change. And drastically. The game not we played in October is not the same game. No. So continue on from what Luke Smith said. He says they're going to talk about supers much later on. There are more changes coming in Shadowkeep, and there's going to be buffs to scout rifles. 
uh, nerfs to mechanics that circumvent the uh, ammo economy, and refactoring um, of the way damage is stacked. And they want to try something different with the pursuits in the sense that they knew where they wanted this to feature to end up, but we'd taken some iterative steps to get there. And he, he thinks that they've um, got to do a better job ensuring that the renovation is clearer, either in-game or via communication on the, you know, the Bungie site. And this fall, the bounties will be separated from the quests and you know, PC players will get an assigned hotkey that takes them there directly from the pursuits menu. And they do have a picture on um, Luke Smith's blog that he's posted, where the quests are on the left and the bounties on the right. And it looks like you can have up to fifteen quests running at the same time and thirty-one bounties. And it looks like a you can... glorious change. That is, I'm excited for yeah. this. I'm I'm very happy and. This was this was my little little. I know they talked about the, you know, mentioning when they released the first pursuit change. I'm going, have you read Reddit? Yeah, maybe don't. And the biggest, my biggest problem with this was just breaking my muscle memory, of hitting one button going to the far right. Now I'm hitting the other button going to the far left. It just broke my muscle memory of where I'm going, to find my pursuits, and Bungie not being the quickest loading game with the menus. It just felt felt like a double kick in the teeth. Well, but on, now, on but this console. being on right console. on console, yeah. yeah. Caveat everything we say with you know, I play on Xbox, all the Xboxes, SSDs, no SSDs, I've experienced it all. Mm-hmm. Talent, but, you play on PC, don't you? I'm a PC. Those menus are incredibly fast. It's a world yeah. of difference. I, nice. I played it. I played it over this trip while I was gone over PC, and it is a huge difference. Yeah. So if you're on PC, your menus load quicker. If you're on Xbox, get an SSD. Your menus will still load slow, but they'll load <laughs> load better. But honestly, once they made the change, it was nice. And honestly, I remember seeing, uh, I don't remember who it was, someone on Twitter put out something looking very similar to this, and maybe it was one of the Bungie d- designers saying, this is what, you know, this is what you should have done. So, you know, it's nice to say, nice to see that this is what they're going to do. Split my quests, split my bounties, because I've got quests sitting in there for months, for a year or more of, oh yeah, hey, go, go run a prestige thing and a quest up that I cannot delete. It lives there. You know, Night Demon was nice enough to take me through the Shadow of Throne again to get my stupid wish ender. So I could get those three slots back that were where they were being taken up for weeks and weeks on end with those stupid things that I couldn't delete or get rid of. So I, I'm happy to see bounties over here, quests over here. Now just give me a way to sort them. So when I complete or when when I go to oh look at my, God, my yes. pursuits, take take my pursuits that are completed, put them at the top. Let me go through them and collect them all. So I'm not hunting through three or five pages of where are all, are, where are all these? Not the biggest issue in the world. Just a little quality of life thing. Show me the things I've done. Let me turn them in. Let's move on. And let me select more than three things to track. Those are those are the two things I want. Those are my wish list items. Anybody else got anything? I, I saw it on Reddit, and I do think they should switch those two around. I think bounties should be on the left in the bigger space and quests in the smaller. Just by pure numbers, there's way more bounties than there are quests there, and they're likely to change more. So I'd switch those, but that's me. Hey, here's a question. Let's ask Luke Smith what is his obsession with giving us limitations? Limitations Technology. in all space. You'll put it down to Luke Smith. Not Luke Smith. Oh, no, I'm asking him Technology. to explain it. I didn't say it was his fault. If he's going to be transparent, he's going to be telling us this stuff. Server space. Have him go out, get the info, and give it back to us. Server space. You, you work in technology. You should know these things. Yes, I do. Server space is not free. 
It's server not. capacity is not free. This stuff lives in the cloud. That goes back to the whole, we should have ways to earn it. That that would that would utilize. So in order to save server space, like then what you're buy, talking about. Buy your ornaments, and then you can allow them to enable to do different things with the game. Spend money. They can have more servers. You'll be happier. And get a PC, apparently, and then you can get everything to, to everything faster. I do. I spend 20 bucks a week on buying ornaments and, sil- and silver. Well, then silver you're doing your job. Silver. Good job. So, bright dust and silver. Blah. And speaking of your silver and bright dust, the evolving Eververse and my demon, <laughs> the voice of Luke Smith, will take us through it. <laughs> no, I'm not doing my American accent. So last year, <laughs> no, we thought don't. long and hard about the Eververse and how we wanted to change the strategy around microtransactions in Destiny. So, for example, Whisper of the Worm's ornaments were successful enough to pay for developer cost-wise for the zero-hour mission, the rewards to be constructed. Uh, the storefront, which we launched alongside Seasons of Opulence, is the first part of the strategic shift that we're making with the microtransactions. The decision to the decision to run old content in bright engrams instead of making new bright engrams is another part of the shift. The storefront is going to get another round of enhancements this fall too. We're going to move it to the director so that you don't have to go to the tower to see Tess. Um, so it would just be there when you you know floating around in orbit you can then go see tests in this virtual space and buy ornaments and isn't this the exact thing stuff. we talked about like 10 podcasts ago about no. allowing us to access vendors from space now no this... but but now they're actually doing it with eververse yeah, exactly yeah they're going to do it with eververse because apparently a lot of other games do this that you can just access like the loot box vendors from sure. you know your menu if so, we can transmat a sparrow and transmat a ship, we should be able to transmat a reward from something that we've done. <laughs> if you can dodge a brick, you can dodge a ball. So they're also giving it some class-specific content. So if you're on a Titan looking for Titan universal ornaments with smaller shoulders, then you'll see the Titan armor on the storefront page. Um, oh, sorry, on the store's sub-page. Small shoulders are not a thing. They only make big, huge, bulky armor that makes your Titan look even dumber. This is not an option. So I've got mixed feelings about this. I'm happy about it moving to the director. I don't want it to be another place I have to fly into. I assume her bounties are going with her. Yeah. But I really don't want to have to then visit the tower. I think you're assuming too much that the bounties are actually coming along. Right. They haven't said anything about those bounties and the bounty notes yet. Precisely, yeah. That's why I wonder: Are those bounties coming with her, or you know, are we going to have those as ways to earn bright dust, or is it going to be drops in the world, or or whatever? Well, they said and that it's going to be alongside the engrams, isn't it? So the engrams or the the pursuits that you do in game um, will drop mm. once oh, you've right. completed with bright dust as part of the rewards. So See, I don't know if she's going to be that? keeping the vendors <laughs> stuff. Why did you have to say that? Because now you've just rendered them putting that in your pursuits tab pointless or not pursuit wherever the hell that's going to be right well you've just made a pointless if you got to go to her anyway to get the bounties no no if she's floating around in your virtual space while you're in orbit in your ship and you've yeah. clicked on the page you can then you know scroll down and pick up the bounties if they're still there we're yeah, saying but, that oh okay so you're right. saying bungie yeah, said that, that, that even has going to be a thing yeah. after the fact right exactly yeah she may not even have the bounty she may just be a storefront for the the fashion game to buy for Dresden. Sorry, yeah. I missed that part. Yeah. And again, yeah, we have space magic, but we have no radios. Just give me a bounty board. I'm tired of going and talking to everybody. 
yeah. least put them closer together. Yeah, that was a good call on their part. I hope they continue with the other vendors. They also said that they're going to make it uh, easier for you if you've got like a a set of three out of five Optimacy sets on your Titan. The cost of the finishing the set with silver would be reduced by sixty percent. So they'll also be taking that into account. So it looks like they're going to look at what you've got in your inventory at the moment and say like you've got three of the pieces and you want two of the others to then completely deck yourself out is with three, ornaments. Is three the limit? No, three, no, 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 no that was just an example. Three out of five. So you might have four out of five or even just one piece. Yeah, right, the more, by the that more logic, piece, the more pieces you have, the cheaper it'll be. That's just yeah. an example. Okay. That's what if you want to buy it. That's what right. I was hoping. But when he said yeah. three pieces is sixty percent off, I was like, "Does that mean I gotta get three pieces before I get the discount?" So, no, okay, yeah. it'll go up. Yeah, I just said the more pieces you earn, the, the cheaper it'll be. That's all. Okay. And they said that they're going to continue to try and separate capability and gameplay from vanity. So armor two point and universal ornaments are a big part of this separation. This is also why finishing perks are mods that can be socketed that can be socketed into equipment so that their aesthetics can stand alone. This is the big scary part for me. This, this is the bit I don't like, is this very sentence of separating capability and gameplay from vanity. Because for me, one of my sort of favorite things from Destiny 1 was the, the Glowhoo shader and walking into the tower and everyone's walking up to you like, oh, great, where did you get that from? And, you know, you've got a cool story behind it. Yeah, we just did this yes. raid team. It was all great. And I don't want that to suddenly become the case of, oh, where did you get that armor? Where did you get that shader? And the simple answer just being, oh, well, I just bought it. I walked over to the store, you know. Everyone comes over and says, that looks cool. You know, thanks, I bought it myself. Not really a great story. <laughs> I bought it myself, cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope there's a limit and there's a nice balance between what visual items come from Eververse store and there is some still solid continuation with given that sort of stuff from high-end content. I think with this is what they're basically saying is, do you remember a couple of months back when they said that they admitted that Eververse armor was deliberately rolled with bad perks so that you could never get something like enhanced, you know, hand cannon reload on it. It was just like bog standard perks that very rarely re-rolled. You know, you could dump so many engrams in and still get out kind of really terrible rolls. And they admitted that that was part of their, um, open and honest communication and i think it was part of that that they they want to separate it so that you know you can still have the good looking armor uh, with the ornaments and then putting it onto like people have been referring to as the transmog where you can then put those ornaments onto armor that has got the good stats and i think that's mainly where they're coming from with this separation statement that they're saying that they, you know they want the capability to be on that armor but you it's just still purely to have aesthetic that, at this point. Yeah, you you game. still want to be you know that vanity thing. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure that it's going to be like shaders. Although they but, do sell shaders. Yeah, that's 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 great. If if that's what they're getting at, more separation of ability and uh, vanity, that's fine. I just don't want all of vanity to be removed from gameplay. I don't yeah. want that to just be a complete separation. Well, they did say most of it is going to be. You know what I mean. So uh, I yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of reward rather than and availability rather than exactly. usability. I mean, Escalation Protocol and the Menagerie, they said they want to do more activities like this. 
but in the context of what they learned and the way they can do things better to support them over the long term. So while content for Destiny is released serially, it is largely developed in parallel. So I think this is what the, Luke Smith was kind of getting at with the Whisper stuff. So, for instance, while Forsaken was in the, its final few months, Black Armory was well underway and Season of Drifter was in development while Black Armory was being built, etc. You know, so where they were overlapping, that they found it harder to kind of adjust things that were being in development or coming out. And they said, you know, for years, people have wondered, why doesn't release X do things, you know, content drop? Why did, you know, get it together, Bungie? And I think that's what, you know, is part of his, yeah, we, we, we've admitted all of this is a mistake or these these things are mistakes and we've learned this and we've learned that. So moving forward in Shadowkeep, it's all going to be built by us and, you know, all the teams are going to be talking hand in hand going forward. So hopefully this kind of thing isn't going to happen anymore it's all it's all going going to be built you know in tandem you know it's all going to be the teams are going to be talking together um so they also say this is one of the reasons why so even though the menagerie is sweet and chalice is great while shadowkeep was being built the menagerie and the chalice hadn't yet been released so they didn't know how the players would react. An example of a setback is the reward chase during Season of the Drifter. There are a bunch of super awesome weapons in Drifter, one-two punch, last man standing, but the path to them isn't clear, like Black Armory or the Chalice. We didn't do a good enough job rewarding players for their time or giving them clear paths to some sweet weapons in the release. If we had a do-over with the Season's rewards, we'd probably have dropped armor directly from Prime, and again, they're saying the chalice isn't perfect. Being held hostage by the runes that you want dropped from strikes or crucible to go into the weapons or armor piece that you cover is pretty frustrating. So, you know, I, I found that when I was trying to farm the hand cannon, I ran out of hand cannon runes pretty quick. I only had like 15, then had to go off and play the game and only got like two or three to kind of drop before, so? you know before the um the patch came out so i can farm like everybody else was doing for the um god roll hand cannon yeah but what's wrong with that honestly if this is supposed to be an rpg or whatever that's how things work if you want the thing you got to go fight the boss or do the event that gives you the chance to drop the thing no but i had to go in to do something else to mm -hmm. then come back and do that right which yeah. is a problem that only existed because it was because Menagerie was released with the bug that allowed you to loot that chest multiple times. If it was released as it was intended with you play the activity, you get one reward. We wouldn't have had that problem of running out of things because unless you're running the Menagerie 15 times, you know, looting the chest five or six times per run. Yeah. You're running out of materials much quicker than they intended because that's not the way they intended it to be played. Still, I don't have a problem with it. I think that's how RPGs are designed. If this game's going to be leaning towards that, and yeah, that that's it. You run out of you run out of keys to open the chest. You got to go back and farm more keys so you can go open the chest. That's it. Yeah, you but know? you say that with Destiny One. If I wanted to open a chest in a strike, I had to play strikes and get a key to drop in that strike. You, you're getting hung up I on, could the, then on the chest save. Part, right in an no, RPG. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm saying to earn the keys. To open a chest at the end of the strike, I had yeah. to play strikes. 
yep. to earn the keys. Sure. So I could play strikes over and over and over and over again, earn the keys, and then go into the strike that I wanted, and then open the chest that I wanted. But it was all in the same game mode. It wasn't go and play Crucible, get the keys, and then come back to strikes. That's okay. the issue with the menagerie, is that I have to go off and play strikes, Crucible, other things to get the runes to drop and then come back and play the menagerie. Why can I not just play the menagerie and earn runes that way? I, I agree with you completely here. Um, and I can see Parody's point that if it wasn't for that rune bug, it wouldn't be an issue. But the problem is going back and doing old content in order to play the new content, which was the biggest problem I had with the Forges when that first dropped as a DLC. Mm -hmm. And the starting of that, I had to go and do a whole sort of quest chain to unlock the first Forge that included getting Radiant Seeds from high-level enemies. And effectively, I was sitting there on day one drop of the DLC playing the old content again so that I could play the DLC maybe tomorrow. And that's just not fun. Yeah. So that is Luke Smith's opus part one. Has anybody got anything else they want to add to that? Um, I didn't hear us talk about the crucible changes. That's in part three. You're ahead of yourself. This, this is part one of the trilogy. This is where you stop, I, you get your I popcorn, you go to the bathroom, you get a snack. No, you didn't. It's in part three. Well, the video for part one, that was the first thing he talked about was crucible changes. So and and look look what the very next line is the podcast right now oh, and go and take a break, know. go and have a wee, and uh, go and have a drink, make yourself a, a, a stiff drink. Oh yeah, there's the drift and sit back down while we kind of wrangle respawn back into what's on the list. You know what? Shut as up. We, what as page we dive into on? the as we dive we are into on page Eight of twenty-six. Eight of twenty-six. Okay, here we go. Because Parody's okay. added his notes to this. Um, Armor two point with the Vidoc breakdown. Now I've gone through and listed as there much as I can, and I'll read it through um, all the There's different things. A lot. And once we get to the end, we can have a little discussion and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because uh, I don't think you're going to moan about anything like this. I mean, you probably keep, could. Uh, there could be uh, a rant. Please keep all moaning to the end of this. Let's get through this section, and then we can moan and rant and whatever about whatever you want to moan about. He'll just edit us out if we do that. I might do. See? So, take into consideration that the Vidoc was in a development environment build, and there was a lot of things they showed off. Initially, they were at the tower, and they showed you that if you've earned the Majestic Solstice armor, you can get your first armor 2.0 set from the gunsmith when Shadowkeep launches, and it will cost naught glimmer. You just go over and pick up the package. There are multiple stats now, so you have mobility, resilience, and recovery, like we've got now, which affect the same things. But then we've got the intellect, discipline, and strength coming back from Destiny 1. The stats are going from 0 to 100 and go in tiers. The higher the tier, the quicker the recharge rate of the ability or the more resilience, mobility or recovery the Guardian has. And if you hover over the stats, it shows you the cooldown timer or how much mobility, resilience and recovery you have. And on the armor, there will be a level 1 to 10 like masterwork system that we've got now. The higher the level or of the armor the more mods that you can apply so if you master work an armor piece higher 
the better the stats it gets. So mobility, resilience, recovery, intellect, discipline, and strength will all go up. I think it's plus two if you max out at Masterwork 10. Armor mods won't go away if you've used them. So currently now, if you break down an armor piece, you get the mod back. But if you infuse something with a mod, it'll just be taken away. Glimmer and shards are used to upgrade the armor from one to four. Five to six, I believe it's enhancement cores. And then from seven to nine, it's the new enhanced prisms, which we'll get onto later. And then from nine to 10 is an ascendant shard. And these look like the same ascendant shards that we had in Destiny 1. Where I was you... going to say, yeah, and that's something that we had back in D1. Yeah. So ascendant shards and enhanced prisms are available from the gunsmith for purchase. They didn't hover over it in the video, so we don't know how much it is or what you need to do to actually get those. Um, but they are at the gunsmith, so it looks like they're going to be purchasable with something. So they've raised the glimmer cap to 250k. Your ghost and sparrow will appear next to your character in the inventory screen. There's also a bonus system, and it's applied to all guardians on your account. Power grows as you gain XP, and it resets with each new seasonal artifact. And on the build that they were using it was 55,000 XP to then grow your power. I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work at the moment. It looks like you, you hit max light. I think it's 950 people were saying, but then you could go then there. go over that yeah. by just leveling up the artifact. So no, every no, no. 55,000, you gain an extra power level rather than you can go off and do raids and things and hit get you know more powerful drops you can actually level up your artifact so there's two different ways of leveling up it looks like wait one second one second um i may have zoned out okay. but uh i thought that the only way to go above 950 was the pinnacle reward system like raids and things like that because that if i'm not mistaken that's what they were talking about the only way yes. to go over 950 is, is pinnacle are you sure that but the it looks artifact like... can bring you over 950 as well yes okay from what i've seen and what i've heard yeah and this may I've all read... change because it's still a development build but that's what yeah. we believe at the moment we could be wrong they could change it so your exotic armor in your collections will have armor 2.0 and all legendary armor in your collections won't be, but all legendary armor drops will drop as armor 2.0 in the um, Destiny world. And if you can still earn the the legendary version of that armor in the real world, you can get it as a 2.0. So things like the Trials armor that you've got in your collections, because you can't earn that in this state of the game, you won't be able to then get it as a 2.0 version or like the factions, things like that. I think mm -hmm. that th those should be able to be turned into the mods, though, to change the way your armor looks. If you have it, you should be able to use it. But, yeah. You can still use it, something. But, but there's no Armor 2.0 version of it because it's no longer in the game. I don't want it to be Armor 2.0. I want us to be able to turn that into ornaments so we can ornaments. make our Armor 2.0 look like those. So that you could look like you've played Trials. Mm -hmm. but you if can, you have the so. armor, you've played it. <laughs> Not so year one Vanguard and Crucible armor will be available in Shadowkeep at their respective ornaments will be supported. So all those ornaments that you grinded out, Andy, um, for your Crucible armor that time, that will all be supported. 
Uh, faction gear won't be available, like we just said. Armors that have acquisition sources will be available at Shadowkeep launch, so that covers your raids, destination activities, etc. No loadouts, which we've already spoken about. We've mentioned that the new materials, so you've got enhanced prisms, the ascendant shards, the enhancement cores stay, and there will be multiple new different sources of materials, such as the enhancement cores, cores, prisms, and shards, and they're all part of the upgrade. Each armor has up to 10 energy, and mods require different amounts of energy, up to six. Mods are unlocked forever to allow experimentation, apparently. The switching like of mods. Oh, that was so good. So, so good. I'm sorry. I just, that, that was good. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. The switching of mods costs 500 glimmer. So you can switch, you know, you know switch your armor around as much as you like. It only costs you 500 glimmer. Um, the new mods can be found at the gunsmith on rotation to purchase and then be available forever. Sources across the game, like raids, Iron Banner, will provide high end mods. Maybe new ones, but they haven't been revealed as yet, you know, though we have seen a few pictures. So with the new mod system, they say if the mod doesn't stack, it won't allow you to equip the mod. So the system won't let you waste time. Uh, old mods will not depreciate. Or, or be deprecated either. <laughs> or what? Old mods will not be deprecated. Deprecated. <laughs> yeah, they aren't going away. You should delete them all, but they aren't going away. Yeah, I was going to say the existing super grenades and melee mods will not convert over to the new system, but you can still use those on old armor pieces that you have. So if you still enjoy using those on your armor, um, you won't get the intellect, discipline, and strength on that piece of armor set, but you can still use the, like the equivalent from year two on your old armor pieces. And saying that, so intellect covers you for your super regen. Discipline is your grenade regen, and strength is your melee regen. Slotted in mods are shown on the armor's tooltip page, like your current armor does at the moment, so it will tell you what mod you've got slotted in as you view it. Which is really nice to no longer have to inspect the piece of armor to say, what did I put in this again, or did I put anything into That's it? Right. Um, are you good, Damon? You, you, yeah, you sound like, like you're struggling, homie. You don't have to read all of this. You don't have to be the official voice of, of Luke Smith the entire day. Okay. There's, <laughs> there's, fact, li there's literally, there's literally three everything. other people here. <laughs> hey, yeah, Nighthawk hadn't talked enough. Make him talk. He sounds like you. Talons. What did I say? Uh, who's Nighthawk? Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> we can have an extra person. It's fine. Just joking. Right? Thanks for joining us, Nighthawk. I'm not sure when you change names, but uh, welcome. Absolutely. I was looking for a new name. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> Tomato, potato. Okay, so general mods include increases to intellect, discipline, and strength. Very similar to like we've got the super mods, um, grenade mods at the moment. But you can also have solar void and arc and minor major and boss resistance. Helmet mods are ammo finders and weapon targeting for every weapon type gauntlets have impact induction with reloaders chest pieces have ammo reserves and unflinching for all weapon types boots have ammo scavenger weapon dexterity and traction uh, class items have things like perpetuation and increased super gains from certain weapon types like kills uh, like remote connection randomized perks are gone 
So they're replaced with armor energies and armor mods. For example, each armor piece can be dropped with random rolls with a maximum percentage. So you can yeah. the piece you collect may only provide forty percent of the most efficient boost to your discipline. So so one of the examples was you know if you're running the Titan Code of the Protector, your Ward of Dawn now has weapons of light again as the default on top of the existing armor of light perk. So quick breakdown: the armor of light that gives you the overshield when you're in the bubble. You're in the bubble. You're not going anywhere. You're not taking much damage. You are protected. Now, when you step out of the bubble, you're going to have a weapons of light. Now, the Destiny 1 version of weapons of light, when you walked out of that bubble, a.k.a. Ward of Dawn, it grants you and your allies 25% increase to weapon damage for 10 seconds. Don't know if that's going to be the same in this. I don't remember what the what the screen said when they walked out of it, so it may be different, but that was a D1 version. So basically, it gives you, and all your allies, you step out of that bubble, it gives you a weapon increase for a couple of seconds along with your armor of light. So yeah, while you're inside the War of Dawn, you gain significant damage resistance. You can also pair this with your Helm of Save 14, which will blind any enemy that steps into your bubble. And again, while allies pass through, they'll gain an overshield. So it sounds like you might also be getting the Blessing of Light from that, which is passing through the War of Dawn, grants you and your allies a shield that lasts for 10 seconds. So you could have a shield for 10 seconds, increased damage for 10 seconds, or just stand in the bubble and taunt people and let them come to you. It's also a good thing to use when you're fighting the menagerie boss with the giant void walls. That bubble will tank the void wall. So you can point, put your bubble right now today at the foot of that boss and just wail into him with something non-explosive like not a grenade or a rocket launcher and you are immune to those walls that come through and you can just pour damage into them. So that's your fun bubble tip for the day. And Hunters, you're getting a buff, aren't you, with Way of the Pathfinder? Respawn. Okay. Go the hunter. What? Oh, sorry, I was distracted. Um, you've got a new combat provision subclass perk, so that grenades damage gives melee energy. Well, um, I'm here now. All right, stand up. Invisible. I can read it. Okay. Go. <laughs> Hunters, uh, the way of the Pathfinder, uh, we have new combat provision subclass perk um it says grenade damage gives melee energy while making allies invisible with your smoke gives you grenade energy okay i forgot a comma there that's my bad <laughs> this creates an interesting synergy between your abilities um you get an indicator on your hud when when you generate ammo with perks no this ammo is something different you're just continuing to read aren't you yeah Why? no it says do respawn you know, do you know how that changes I don't know how that changes way of the Pathfinder since I don't run a hunter or know what exactly it gives you. Is that better or worse than what you have today? It is because, okay, so grenade damage gives you melee energy, right? And your smoke grenade is your melee. So what happens is when you hit stuff, not not grenade kills, mind you, just grenade damage, right? And that's the only subclass where, where hunters get like kind of a, a void grenade that acts like your solar grenades on warlocks, you know, just kind of sits there, makes a damaging thing right it's not a one and done kind of thing um so while it's sitting there damaging people you're getting back your melee energy well you throw the melee at your feet or at your allies feet or whatever turns you invisible that gives you back grenade energy so that's the synergy that they're talking about grenade damage gives you your, your smoke grenade your smoke grenade gives you grenade damage also turns you and your allies invisible win-win which is which is apparently better than whatever it does today, because I guess it does nothing. 
because no one it doesn't do that today. The, that, that syn- it still does both of those things, but there's no synergy between the two. Your grenade still damages as long as somebody's stupid enough to stand in it, and your smoke grenade still makes you and allies invisible, but they don't build on each other. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you can still do those, but they don't give you energy back and forth. Correct. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. and the warlocks are getting a change, but they haven't told us at all what the warlocks are getting to their <laughs> void. So, some warlock gets something. We'll see yeah. in October. Right. Maybe it'll do the three splitting nova bombs when you twirl around in in the midair again from Destiny One. That can I have a fun. can I have a Nova Bomb Blade Barrage where my Nova Bomb splits into a bunch of little tracking Nova Bombs? <laughs> Speaking of completely overpowered supers, that's what I want. <laughs> no, you can't have that. So or, or if your Nova Bomb had tracking, and also when it exploded, you got that just it stays there damaging you. Because right now you got one or the other. It either stays there damaging a boss or it has tracking. It should give I, you both. No, no, Dun- no. I got it. I got Dun- it. Last Whatever. last thing. I want a Nova bomb that when you shoot it just says behind you, behind you, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you to all the guardians on the other team nearby. <laughs> just so they know, just so they know it's coming for them. That's all. Anyway, continuing on with the armor 2.0 breakdown. So you'll get an indicator on your HUD when you generate ammo with the perk. So ammo packs on the ground will generate with a perk glow. So if you've got the, say a shotgun mod that um, generates ammo, you will see that it's actually working. Whereas I think a couple of weeks ago, we highlighted a video by Rostophilus where he tested, um, I think it was, it was the two different ammo perks, wasn't it? It was the um, ammo finder and ammo reserves, and mm-hmm. he was testing them. So I think this mitigates the RNG element of it because it actually shows you on your screen that that perk's actually working or that mod's actually working. Sure. So. So ammo finders will be more specific. Hitting down on the D-pad while inspecting your armor to show your appearance menu. So this is where you can then look at your ornaments and apply your shaders. That's the word, shaders. This will include universal ornaments to change the look of your existing armor, exotics not included, um, as well as your shaders, uh, now separated into two pages. The ability to use your finisher on an enemy is indicated by a dot above the enemy's body. And teammates now show their class symbol next to their name instead of a character level, instead of the character level. Um, and super bars are now broken into four segments. And I think initially people were thinking that a part of your super was to use for your um, finisher. But in the Vidoc that they showed, when the guys used their finisher, they didn't use any of their super energy. But again, that was you know, a a build that we were watching, it could be part of your super that is used to use the... Well, if you you recall what he said, he said some perks of the finisher, depending on what they do, could use super energy. So, Mm. I mean, they could use a smaller kind of finisher. But, yeah, so it's now broken down into four segments. Um, And exotics can now drop with elemental affinity. So this is where we get into the part where Respawn wants to have a, a big rant. Armors will now come with an affinity with a weapon and they are broken down as such. So with arc, you have shotguns, bows, LMGs, pulse rifles and swords. Void, you have hand cannons, scout rifles, sidearms, grenade launchers, sniper rifles. And for solar, fusion rifles, linear fusions, auto rifles, submachine guns and rocket launchers. 
So the specific burns of a weapon are not changing. So you can still have that void burn SMG. <clears throat> but to use the enhanced weapon mods, you need to use the armor piece that is supported by that mod. So what that means is there'll be enhanced hand cannon loader that you have to use on a void um, armor piece. Mm -hmm. But I think Luke Smith goes on further in one of his part two or three and clarifies this, that there are small arm reloaders, which basically do what um, normal hand cannon loader does at the moment. So you can equip that on any piece of armor. It doesn't have to be part of the um, affinity set. So with this, I mean, the elemental affinity is just stopping people from collecting one set of armor for each element and then stopping at that. Because if you imagine that you get like the arc, solar and the void and you unlock all the mods for every set, you only need one set at that point. You don't need to grind it out for any other sets. I mean, yes, you might want to kind of tweak your intellect, discipline, strength, mobility, recovery, and resilience. You know, you may get different roles from what you get. Um, Is that out. locked in stone once you set those or can you change those after the fact? You can upgrade the armor but that's what's going to be dropping as random rolls. Okay. So something that you get um, from the EDC is going to be lower than what you get from, say, the raid, because that's a pinnacle event, or Iron Banner, because that's being classed as pinnacle. So, you know, it, I'm not, we're not 100% sure at this point in time, but we know that something that you, say, get from the EDC is going to be low in stats compared to something you get from a raid. So say you've got the raid set and you've got the best possible set that you can get for void solar and arc and you've unlocked all the mods where's the gameplay after that you know so this is why they're putting those affinities with those armor pieces i mean they said that it's it's a kind of test for now i mean they can put more mods in the system they can unlock the mods so this is what we're getting at this point yeah, in time but and here's my thing Are they locked? Meaning, okay. Um, yes, for now they're locked. So, so, no, hold on. So in this example, right, a hand cannon mod is dropping as void. Yes. Right? Yes. yes, that is it. That's... Yeah, that's a, that's a void no, affinity. No. You can, it's you an can affinity use... with that armor piece. There's right. nothing wrong but with you. But you have to have a void armor piece to use that mod. Yes. Let's say I only use hand cannons... And I'm going in, let, let's say the burn is arc, right? Well, I want armor that's strong against arc. But I can't use my enhanced hand cannon targeting unless I'm wearing void armor. That's... At the moment, do you use spec for a whole void set if you're going in a void um, nightfall or something like that? Yeah, I, I take a look to see what I have to see what works with my loadout because all of my armors... On. All and of it's my all armors, masterworked. Listen, they're not I'm masterworked. Not, I'm asking you a question. They're not ma if I'm you're answering telling me your question, that... but you're interrupting me before I can answer question. So it's one or the other. You're going to ask or you're going to let me answer? I've got an answer. Thank you. I don't masterwork them. No. But I do, I do get the armor pieces that are strong against the burn. Whether it's two or three void... Uh, resistance or five void resistance all of my armor pieces have the void resistance for the for like a void burn no i don't master work them but they do give me some protection so what's the issue with you putting on four armor pieces 
that are say solar resistant and one void because What's right now we don't we don't know we don't know what kind of setups are going to be what if all of my perks that i like to use are all different affinities except for the one that i need you know they well, shouldn't be locked you do, should have a void hand affinities cannon. even matter that much hand cannon in hands you should have that's what i'm trying to explain to respawn is that the affinities don't necessarily mean that much in this point of time because at the moment unless you're telling me that you've maxed you know masterworked every piece of armor that you've got at the moment that you use and you rotate that out to use that in certain you know activities let's face it you only get a minimum amount of um resistance from a say, minimum using is a full, better than none from getting a full set right? a minimum is better than none what they're trying to do is stop, you know, it stops people from putting on, say, like a hand cannon and sniper or shotgun on those pieces of, you know, like, say you get hand cannon on the helmet. Sure. And you get shotgun on the, um, where is it? The shotgun was arc, wasn't it? Yep. So you're going to have to specialize. So you're either going to have to go with doing working with your hand cannon or you're going to have to go with working with your shotgun. So I don't mind was, that. The no, affinity. No, but no, but that's why that's why they're doing it. Because what? You, because you, you have yet to explain why they're attaching an elemental right. affinity. You can put it on different weapons. Because you can put all of them on the same armor piece and that way you can't, you can't stack those. You can't. That's what I'm saying. You can't put enhanced hand cannon targeting and enhance shotgun targeting on your helmet you that's why that's why shotguns are arc so it'll be an arc helmet void is going to be a hand cannons and your sniper rifles are going to be void but you're going to have to make a choice either yeah. hand cannon specialist i don't mind making the choice between specialist. shotgun sniper or hand cannon i mind making the choice between what armor i have to choose for that for that, my resistances. That's the, that's the only reason they've put those specific types in that specific affinity is to stop people from like aping around the map in PvP. Right. You can't be a specialist in everything at once. You can be a special you, you could be a specialist in shotguns, I know that. bows, and you can do that so same once, thing without so adding an elemental issue. affinity to it. No, but that's that's so, what so, trying so, to stop. So you're you're not upset about the game change, you're upset about the way they changed the game? Yes. I don't why? want to. I don't want to have. Uh, then oh, why does it matter? Because why if you it... have to have a void armor piece to utilize that void enhancement, right? Yeah. Well, I can't use that in anything that has a solar or a yes, freaking arc burn. Yes, you can. I, I'm losing out the on the burns, resistances the if I do that. The burns are different than the affinities. You can still use an arc burn. The burns are not the affinities. You can you can use a void armor piece. I'm saying if you're in, weapon, I'm saying if you're in something that has an arc burn, and you're wearing void resistance armor, so that you can have the void affinity perk. It's, it's one not piece. meshing. It's one piece that's not going to mesh. So you can have four out of five as opposed to five out of five. And that's only for that one piece. Is what it if all you, the things? It, what if all the things that you like? Happen to be different elemental affinities, and now you're then just you, all in place. Then you literally play the game as it is today. Honestly, you play the game as it is today. I mean, that's. I think that's, I think you guys. I, I, are just I don't being think. Uh, no, 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 about this. They could no, have done no, the no, same no. thing without having to add an elemental affinity to the armor piece. Right, but they're 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 trying. 
I, I honestly think people aren't building full sets of armor and matching all of their burns to it. Or even if they are, it doesn't matter if you have a full set of void hand cannon specialists, does it? And going into an arc or a solar nightfall. You, you know, won't have you as get, much resistance if you did that. No, you won't you have any resistance, resistance actually. The you're not going to be like one you're shot still, dead. You're still getting the resistance from your armor. You're just not getting a little bit of extra resistance. This is why you know they've added the, the specs of mobility, resilience, and recovery, intellect, discipline, and strength because they want you to focus on those and not the affinities. Right. The numbers, yeah, the numbers of the perks on the armor are what you're going to care about. The tiny little bit you're getting from the affinity is not going to be what makes then or breaks your experience. they shouldn't have had any elemental affinity. They're introducing something well, to cause problems needlessly. You're not, they're, they're making it so you can't specialize in all the weapons all the time. That's all they're doing. This is the way they've chosen to do it. They, they, they 100% could have done that uh, 10 I mean, different ways. I mean, can, can you, can you run weapons. around, can you run around with an enhanced shotgun perk, an enhanced hand cannon, an enhanced fusion rifle perk right now? All at once, on the gun, you can't. You've got to choose one or the other. You, you know, unless you they drop out different armor pieces. You can't have enhanced. No, no, you can't. You can't do it now. You can only get one enhanced item on that item, or you could get two to drop on it, like on a um, an exotic. But you right. have to select which one you want. So you can right. either You're still go making a choice, shotgun, and that's fine. Enhanced. But with the new armor setup and it going from one to ten, and if you've masterworked it, you can put. An armor piece, or sorry, you can put in a mod that says enhance hand cannon, and that gives you that uses up five mod slots. What they're trying to stop people then doing is putting an enhanced shotgun mod in the same um, like helmet for another five. So you've got an enhanced hand cannon and an enhanced shotgun. So you're just an aping tank. That's what does you know, that have around. to do with the elemental affinity? You can just put Th that's those how they're doing it. If you that's put them in the same slot, regardless of what element that they're you, using, you can't. That's what they're saying. You can't do that. That's why shotguns are for arc. Yeah. Get off the affinities for a minute. They're they're breaking your weapons. You you can be you can have enhanced something in one of these three classes. You could be an enhanced arc. You know, call them class A, B, and C. You can have an enhanced shotgun or an enhanced cannon. You know, enhanced hand cannon or an enhanced auto rifle. You can't have an enhanced cannons and shotguns you can have enhanced sidearms and bows you've got to make a choice of what weapon you're going to specialize it and absolutely give the best top tier perks to at a time from you know one of each of these three classes you can put other perks in to make your you know you can have an enhanced shotgun and have have a slightly better hand cannon but you can't have enhanced shotgun and enhanced hand cannons you have to make some choices about which weapons you want to run yes you can't be an all-powerful god that uses all the best weapons all the time you've got to make some choices They've they've chosen to do it with the solar with the with the solar arc and void affinities. You know, call them affinities, call them A, B, and C, call them whatever you want. You know, these these are the choices they've made. Of you've got to you've got to make some I, I choices of what you want to make enhanced. That. I get that. What I'm saying, I think what we're not meshing is, let's say you have five slots. Take a piece okay. of armor. That armor has five slots you can fill in. Okay. 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 To prevent people from having masterwork hand cannon and masterwork shotgun and masterwork sniper, right? All those can only be fit in the same slot. That way, if you have one in there, you can't put another one in there because it's the same damn slot. Right. Within the armor. Right. You don't need elemental affinity. It doesn't have to match a void headpiece. It doesn't have to match an arc headpiece. You can just put them all in the same goddamn slot and you can't equip more than one. 
okay, well, that's not the way they chose to do it. So that, the, they chose to do it with these three affinities. What's it's the issue? It's overcomplicating it because now I have to I have to have a void helmet if I want to use an enhanced hand cannon. Like no, you're not going to have they, a void helmet laying around? I don't know. What if it's not the armor that I wear? What if I just don't get the void drop for the freaking helmet? I don't know. Then you continue to play the game because it's a looter shooter. But what if that's your what, armor set doesn't what, get a void? I don't you know. You will how get gonna, a void at some. They point. will. Yeah, they're 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 random. They're random affinities. They're random drops. You will get it eventually. This is the point of a looter shooter. You keep playing until you get the loot you want. You're not going to have everything you want. You have to keep playing the game until you get it. Whatever. I get your point. I'm just tilted that they used elements to do that instead of just putting them in the same damn slot. They've they've overcomplicated this. So again, in my opinion. you're not upset about the change. You're upset about the way they've made the change. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Helmets. So, Celestial, have you got anything that you want to say on it? I've quite enjoyed listening, to be honest, because I, I was very, uh, very angry about this when it first came out, because I do want to be that all-powerful thing that can run around with shotgun loader and hand cannon loader, and it annoyed me that I wouldn't be able to do that, and it seems that we, we don't know exactly what decisions are going to be made of why certain things can't be paired together, um, and I, I do sort of worry about whether that will have any effects on funneling people further into a more meta build. Uh, but I can actually, uh, I've been swung around a little bit just from listening to you guys. I, I can sort of understand why they don't maybe want people to be able to have shotgun and hand cannon loader because then you are going to be too powerful. The the the, the energy thing, that's that's a, I, I don't really care about that, to be honest. I, like you guys said, I've, I've never specced my armor at all for the energy that I'm going to be using when I go into any piece of content. So I don't see that as an issue. It's just about the the parents of what you can and can't pair together is what worries me a little bit mm. i mean i think the thing is at this point in time you can't have hand cannon and a and a shotgun on the same piece you have to make that choice and i think where they've opened up the slots that you can then put in so many mods into that armor piece they've then had to limit what you can actually put in so that's why they've done the affinities. It's it's to kind of limit. Yes, you could specialize in hand cannon, but you can then hand cannon scout rifle will be fine. Hand cannon sniper rifle, which a lot of people do enjoy playing, will be fine. Or pulse rifle shotgun. It's kind of you've got one long range, one short range. You know, it's and there's there's nothing to prevent you from running a hand cannon and a shotgun. You no. can still run those what weapons side by side. They just won't be, you know, absolute. And again, I think a lot of the, you know, the enhanced whatever's, whatever enhancement it gives you over like a regular shotgun loader, you're not going to notice for the most part, unless you're playing absolutely top tier content or you're in comp grinding for something, it's not going to matter for most folks. And, and again, you can still play the game as you do now and completely ignore most of this and not have the enhanced stuff and still play the game exactly as you always have. And I do believe Luke Smith put out a tweet saying if you want to have a hand cannon loader on an arc item, on, like on your arc helmet, then you can do that, but it will just be a small arms. Yeah, I think there's small arms, medium arms. Small, small arms. arms was the one we, yeah, that's, you mentioned yeah, that, that. That's not a good trade-off in my but opinion. But it will cover normal hand cannon reloader that you would use now. So it will speed up the, the reloading or the targeting, but it will just be the same as like a normal yeah, but I'm being gun. limited but when I don't have to be. You're That's not limited. Thing. You you're are. Limited. You can't use the enhanced. That is a limit. That is the definition of a limitation. You, you can. can once you have and the you armor can't piece. Now at this no point in time, 
they've just changed they've just changed the grind from grinding for that enhanced a piece with an enhanced loader to a piece with with one of three options on it. So it's actually less of a grind to get a one in three chance versus a one in however many perks there are on your armors that can drop. So it's easier to get a solar arc or void armor piece you can slot a thing into. I understand that, but they, that they've still complicated it from what it could have been. And it's going to be an RPG, so they're going to complicate everything. Isn't this what you were just saying earlier? You want more You want more to this game than just a looter shooter? You want more complication, more stats, more numbers, more options? This is what an RPG is. You've got to make choices and trade-offs. You've got to min-max. You've got to build builds. You've got to make loadouts. Oh, sure. This when I'm making the point, element. oh, this isn't an RPG. But when you're making the point, oh, it's an <laughs> RPG. But this is an RPG element they're introducing into the game that you're now complaining about. <laughs> I'm going... And again, you're not even upset about the change. You're upset about the way, the method in which they made the change. I, I'm upset that they've added an element affinity when there was none needed. Yes, that is what I'm upset. Okay, about. so yeah, so if they had, if they had done it in a different way, you'd be fine with it. Yeah, if, if they, they just set the same requirement, the same damn slot, I'd be yeah. okay with that. So what does it matter? <laughs> because <laughs> why do you care so much? About I, I've, the I've just spent 20 minutes change. explaining why it matters. If you still don't get why it matters, no, 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 no. I get, well, you just said you were fine with the change, but not the way. But anyway, we're we've beaten this to a point, and we have many, many pages <laughs> left think, to go. And to be honest, they've only added the affinities so that people can remember what goes with what, yes. rather than just going. Oh, that iron banner helmet over there, that does those, but I can't then use that on my raid helmet. You know, rather than complicating things like that, they've gone, well, Void does this, Arc does that's, this, Solar does this. That's, that's a good it. point. They've made it more accessible. That's a really good point. So who wants to pretend to be Luke Smith for Director's Cut Part Two? Uh, we forgot to cover our we forgot to cover our armor mod slots for the helmet. You get ammo finder and targeting for oh, the I did arms. That. You, I did that oh, further did you? up. Yeah, for some reason oh, I doubled up on that. Sorry. All right, moving on. Strike that. Reverse it. Uh, I can be Luke Smith unless Talons or Respawn wants to be. Nope. You don't oh. want me to be Luke Smith right now. <laughs> or maybe you do. What's more entertaining? I don't know. <laughs> Director's Cut Part Two. Here's where we're going this fall. The care and feeding of the RPG, adding death, adding death. Yes, we're adding all the death. The care and feeding of the RPG, adding depth, improve customization. We want to give people who love the RPG aspect of Destiny, like many of us, more stats and depth on the character sheet to sink their teeth into. We've refactored a number of the stats in the game, we've overhauled the UI, and we've begun to separate capabilities from aesthetics. Destiny has and will continue to have weapons, armor, ghosts, ships, sparrows, and shaders that you can earn from activities, to prove to the people looking at you, your character did the thing. What we are doing with the new armor system is saying, find the perks you want, find the look you want, pursue that armor to get the elements and stats you want, combine them to make your guardian. Destiny also has a microtransaction store that houses things like sparrows, ships, emotes, ghosts, holograms, and universal ornaments. The items in the store rotate and can be purchased with its Eververse. They have Eververse. Go there. You can buy things from Eververse. That's how you change the look of things. In Shadowkeep, these armor sets, weapons, ghost ships, and sparrows are coming from destinations and activities. Armor now has an energy reading. We've gone over all of this. Mods of energy costs or affinities that respawn's a big fan of. When you acquire the mod of the game, it's like getting a perk you can put on all the armor. 
So once you've found that enhanced hand cannon reloader from pinnacle activity, you have it forever. You don't have to continue to grind for it or hope it drops on something. It's just a small glimmer cost to apply it to that armor piece. Uh, basically, you know, yeah, there, yes, that's, that's a rolled randomly. You now have in, intellect, discipline, strength, mobility, resilience, and recovery. And I was watching a Restoffelis video that I don't think we linked below where he was saying, you know, looking at the video saying, okay, if you have something with a, you know, high intellect discipline, but a low strength role, is that always going to be paired with say like a high mobility resilience and low recovery role? Like are those sort of pairs or is it all six random things where you could get, com you know, completely out of the blue what you want? And we don't have an answer to that. We'll have to see once the game is live to us. That would be absolutely bonkers. <laughs> if, it, if all of them were random and they weren't tied to each other. Right. Because, yeah, because then you can get all sorts of ridiculous things. Oh, yeah. Um, and, again, you know, you're going to have to make some choices on what kind of build you want to do. Maybe keep those demolition weapons around. If you're building a, a build with the grenades, they come back a little slower. Throw a demolition perk on a weapon. That'll up your grenades and allow you to play more of a balanced game. And, and it sort of makes the point where you can play you can play with the new mod system or you can not play with the new mod system and move to it eventually. Basically what they're saying is, you know, those top tier players that have grinded and have those perfect armor sets and rolls and mods the exact way they want, they're going to be slower to move to the new system because they have what they want. The folks who either don't care or don't play that way may be quicker to move to the new system because it's new stuff for them to play with and experiment with. And they're giving us numbers. My One of my biggest takeaways from the live stream we watched, there's actual numbers on things. <laughs> I can tell when I put a mod in how much it changes my grenade or my barricade or my melee. There's actual numbers on things. It's not just bars where you have to guess what this means and what this does. So that's a really that's, good thing. That's a nice change that I assume is, again, with the RPG game, you have to tell me, what does this do? How much does this improve or, or decrease my grenade respawn or grenade reload? Could be a respawn. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you want from me? Every time I play the game this week and die and I see respawn in the corner, I'm like, no, I don't want to press a button. I don't want to invoke a respawn. You can't make me. <laughs> so, you know, and Luke Smith is saying, here's what, here's what we don't want to happen. We don't want you feeling like the, dang, the game deprecated all my old armor and perks. All the time I spent playing Forsaken, the annual pass content was a waste since all the parks on, since all the perks on the armor you got were all turned off when Bungie forcibly migrated me to this new system. So that's not what they're saying. But again, through the course of time, that's what you're going to do. So they're not taking it away from you. They're just leaving it behind, so eventually you'll migrate to the new system. They said that you can totally mix up, mix and match between new armor and the old armor that you currently have at the moment. So you may have uh, a god roll hand cannon reloader on your helmet that isn't void that you want to use with your void set. Yeah, you can totally do that. Yeah, that that was the only real saving grace I found from that whole thing so you can mix and match yeah that's one of the nice things yeah you, you can sort of move to armor 2.0 at your leisure i do wonder if we'll see any really sort of funky builds there where they've moved some things around in the new system whether you'll be able to sort of double oh, that's down a with guarantee. all the new things that is a guarantee look dude just keep an eye on uh cheese forever's videos i guarantee you'll see some crazy stuff uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. no doubt in yeah. my mind oh yeah absolutely and just and just what kind of things you can you can mix and match with you know the ar an armor piece you have now and an armor piece you're gonna get and can spec out. Maybe you can't run five ordnance mods anymore and things, but you can find something even more powerful with that with that perfectly rolled old piece of armor and some of the new mods. It's gonna be it's gonna be nutty for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, since no one else seems exuberant to read this, uh, the pursuit of power, increasing player agency. 
Well, I'm actually trying to find out where you are because uh, Page 13. Uh, whoever did the bullet points this time didn't make it blatantly obvious like it has been the last couple weeks. So. Yeah. Page, page 13, <laughs> right, right below when Purple War says parody. Numbers! Ah, gotcha. Uh, for par- the first paragraph, the first bullet point below that. Give me colors. I need colors. <laughs> uh, I went with right, purple. I, I didn't know if that was one you could see, but I figured it was better than <laughs> other things. Yeah, no, purple's fine. All right, purple's. Pursuit of power. We'd like the act of chasing power and stats for your build to be something you have a little more agency over. Not a blow, not a full blown play whatever you want all the time, because that means people just find the most efficient thing rather than dipping their toes into a bunch of different activities, but certainly less less restrictive than it's been in the past. Powerful sources in Destiny 2 ballooned during the annual pass. We're curating down some of those sources in Shadowkeep. Our target is to get the number of powerful sources closer to the Forsaken launch levels. We think that reaching max power can be a medium-term goal for power-progressing focused players. For those players, we hope the pursuit of stats and someday trying out new builds is their long-term goal. And Prime Engrams will be dropping once you hit 900 and once you accumulate, and you'll accumulate charges for them as you make your way from 750 to 900. Uh, we've increased the number of Prime Engrams you can earn each week and rebalance the value of each one to account for the increase in volume. Your world drops in Shadow Keep have a chance to drop at the player's current power level beyond the soft cap. So for example, if you're sitting at an overall power of 912 and your gloves are at 906, you could have a chance to get a 912 glove drop in out in the world with a legendary engram. So you won't have to just do powerful activities for powerful gear. There is a chance to bring you to your current level. It won't give you above that level, but it'll put things at the level you're at now. So you're no longer, hopefully grinding is long for that one particular piece of armor that's sitting 15 light levels behind everything else. But it's also this, right? Because what do we come across most of the time? You either get a powerful piece of armor, which is above what you have, or something that's really, really, really lower than what you have. So then, by them bringing out this metal ground, that is still, in my opinion, going to make the level grind like 10 times better. Yeah, and, and just giving us less... I like the idea of cur- curating down the powerful things, because right now it just feels like a huge task of things to go do every week. Yeah. And I like, I like the fact that there will just be a couple of fields. I can just go play the game, hang out with my friends, have a good time with it. And it doesn't feel like such a job. Okay, I have to get in. I have to go do this. I have to do this. This, this activity. Here's a powerful drop over here. I have to go do my flash point. I have to go over here. Let me just go hang out with a buddy on a planet, shoot some guys in the face. Maybe I get something good out of it. I like I like the more casual. I'm hoping this is, again, as we sort of talked about, they've really seemed to focus on what the streamers are looking for and playing at that pace. I hope now with Shadowkeep and New Light especially, having a free-to-play version, bringing in some people who aren't going to spend 80 hours a week on the game, they're switching that focus back and making it a little more accessible to everyone. Yeah. So, preparing for new light. We want to get new players and veteran players colliding quickly. Why Why is Celestio not reading that? Dude, you need to get involved. All right? You're the guest. Hey, I'm just the guest. I leave you guys to read the main part. <laughs> I'm just here for commentary. Put him on the spot, dude. Look, look, this is you. You've not done this to any other person. Why are you doing it? No, he, he just talks over the other people and doesn't no, give, no. With, ask them a the, question and then proceeds to answer it for 15 minutes. Actually, actually, he's geez. given talents a little had, more than, than we everybody had else. Nolis on here, I made Nolis read you also, you also almost let Nolis talk a little bit, and she is the same way. You almost let him say a couple things. <laughs> no, with Nolis, I had to edit out. Literally, he would say something. You would then go off for about five minutes. I'd edit that bit out and then just edit him together. So it looks like he's one long sentence when really it was about 30 minutes of him saying something, you saying something, 
him saying something, you saying something. It was like that for the whole thing. What's the problem? This must really be a back was. and forth, uh, you know. Uh, this is why our thing. guests don't want to read anything because they know they're going to get interrupted <laughs> by you every five seconds. I've been good. You guys have been reading. I'm just saying, let somebody else read. He has been pretty good this episode. He has. Anyway, so they want to get new players and veterans working together quickly. So they're setting the power for this fall to 750 for both returning and new players. So here's what that means. Every single item in the game is being raised to power floor level of 750 when Shadow Keep and New Light launches. So October 1st, everything is going to be 750. So every item in your vault, every item in your inventory is going to automatically jump to 750. And they say it's like a free global burst of infusion for all players. So right now, you could and you should stop spending currency to infuse your gear or sets or that C-tier weapon that you're keeping around just until the patch goes live and they say it's a good weapon. Don't That means do you, anything. Demon. I'm not demon. infusing anything. Don't I haven't infuse, been doing anything. Don't infuse those 17 guns you have of the exact same kind in your vault. Don't do it. No, I'm, I'm now waiting till October 1st. So I wonder if this was, I think Andy made a good point. I wonder if this is partially to stop the uh, forge farming. If you're all at 750, there's no way to get down to a lower light because I'm going to guess they're going to take all our collections up to or about 750 as well or the 730 where they are right now if you're 750. That doesn't even touch the forge farming because like he said earlier, you still need legendary shards for infusion and you but still need listening. enhancements. Right, but, 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 how, but how are you going to forge farm with other people that are AFK? They're all 750 at this point. Yeah, all of your gear is 750, or maybe well, 730 from the vault. Oh all my God. of your gear becomes 750. There's no way to have lower level gear. Okay. So if we're all 750, your collection is either going to be 750 or 730 where it is now. You cannot have any lower gear. Then you ha then you have you're going to have people level 700 AFK farming. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can't because it's all 750 gear. You can though. This is yeah, where new LFG is going to start existing, right? They're going to create LFGs for LFK farming. I don't this think they'll even create LFGs for it. They'll just do it at 750. And yeah, it's just unlucky true. for the people to get mass for them. Yeah, but if they stay alive longer than a minute, you get sent to orbit. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, okay. so it makes the farming a lot less attractive. Which, again, you know, yeah, I'm sure that wasn't their primary reason, but I, I thought he thought he brought up a good point where it, it's not just what you have. It's everything in the game comes to 750 now. Which is, which is a nice level set for everyone coming into it. I will say, I've been using my mask from the um, Festival of the Lost. You so that has power. no power. Your new 750 mask? It's not going to have any power. Oh, Otherwise, oh, I'm yeah. wearing that thing no. all the time. Yes, if they bring those... As, oh, Bungie, please bring those to 750. I want to run around as a chicken man. <laughs> that would be amazing. I want to run as a Solstice Armor chicken man. Oh, that would be incredible. You can't so get those from that. your collections, right? Like, if you've dismantled it, it's just gone, right? No, it's in your collections. Oh, cool. I won't tell you where it is, but you've got to go and find it. Uh, I'm, I have no desire to do so at the moment, so... <laughs> so, <laughs> continuing on, they say there are many buffs coming, and it's tempting to spoil a bunch of them. So, he's basically not going to tell us. At D2 launch, we shortened the power climb, oversimplified the game, made it too easy to get items focused on bringing in new players and hoped that players would pursue looks alone as their end game. They were wrong. So <laughs> in Shadowkeep, we're introducing seasonal artifacts and they're going to be a unique to each season. And I like that. So does that, that. mean your I, I like artifact just disappears? Comes... 
How do they do that? Do they just take your artifact away? You, you say it won't work. Yeah, yeah, they'll either take it away or it'll be like your tiny box of raisins. It won't do anything. Okay. Then you'll get it. You know, there'll be no reason to use it anymore because it no longer does what it's going to do. Okay. So this is going to be a new item that's going to be on your character, and I believe it's just below the ghost on your character screen. And as the artifact levels up, it can do a few things. So first, it becomes a source of seasonal artifact mods, unique mods that can be equipped only during that season with that artifact. These mods may bring new experimental mods or powerful mods with reduced energy costs enabling players and us to experiment further in buildcraft space. Second, the seasonal artifact can reward players a power bonus, but that bonus is not applied to the gear, nor does it increase the power of the future drops, but instead to all of your characters. This is meant to give the players who can't or don't want to play pinnacle activities as a seasonal path to power. This way, even if a player doesn't play the raid, Iron Banner, or Redacted, they can still have a high power level for that season. Leveling the artifact to raise your power is meant to be a seasonal character growth. Each season will have a new artifact with new mods and change how you play, and power bonus will reset. In addition to curating the list of powerful sources, Shadowkeep will introduce pinnacle powerful sources. These sources are the only way to earn gear drops above 950 in season eight, and they feel like the power system may benefit See, from a rework that's what further down about. the line. That's what I was talking about earlier. It spec specifically, this is the only way to get above 950. Right there. Pinnacle events. Did it said there where I just said it. Yeah. Yeah, but earlier you were saying yeah, the artifact also did that. Yeah, yes, earlier with the artifact also did it. But it's, yeah. just, it's just the pinnacle powerful events. Just the pinnacle powerful events. Not 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 the artifact. No, but no, but it, what the seasonal artifact can reward players a powerful bonus, but that bonus is not applied to gear, nor does it increase the power of future drops, but instead to all of your characters. So it increases your, you know, your your power, but not yeah. the bonus to the gear drops. Right, but does it does it increase it past seven fifty? I think is our point of debate. Nine fifty, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, it does. Years. It's meant to give a. You know, it says that they meant to give players who can't. Okay. Well, we don't he, want to. He blanked out for me there for a couple of minutes, so I think I missed a few words. That I think it's made yeah. that a lot clearer. Because it's quite sort of says the only way to earn gear drops above 950, but not the yeah. only way to get to uh, above 950. Ah, uh, look at that reading. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See two Brits. Now we have the power of two Brits better than one. Woohoo! <laughs> Well, I got person. two dads. Wait. <laughs> Both of which have given you up, though. Oh. Yeah. Hold on one second. Let me let me get ready to be Luke Smith. Give me a second. Let me spit out my gum. going to do a southern accent. No, no, no. no. Turn off your Xbox. Uh, channel, channel the power of Luke Smith. Focus on the podcast. Stop playing Monster Hunter World. or I'm not playing anything. I'm not. I'm not okay. playing anything. I'm just. I'm. I'm reading other things. I'm. The director's Luke, cut. Stuff part that we're three. talking about and whatnot. I'm trying to educate myself while I'm not reading. Um. Okay. Yeah. This one. All right. So Luke. That, what the? F Sorry. My my screen jumped Let's, after I let go of the mouse. So you can skip okay. over that bit because we've already said Luke's explained in more detail. We've already said that one. Fine. General mods provide exactly the same effect. 
provide exactly the same effect as hand cannon reloader, but it also affects other small arms weapons with a cost of four to five energy. Depending on the mod, and do not have an elemental affinity associated why, with them. Why did you stop? He could speed you up, and it would sound exactly the same. <laughs> these these general mods, or these general mods of which there are eleven, are unlocked for everyone automatically, so you can start to tinker right away. That's actually pretty good. Not the best. But that's pretty good. Basically, when you want to specialize your weapon, it requires matching your armor's energy type. And then you get an energy discount on socketing the mod. Wait, okay, so hold on. Wait. So Hold on. So does that mean if you have the matching affinity, it costs less to equip? Am I reading that right? Yes. Okay. If If that works for enhanced as well, that would be nice because that means I could also put a void on an arc. It might cost more. No, but you I can't do put it. a void on an arc. Still, still, still can't mismatch. You still can't mis mismatch the affinities. That's the system they've chosen to, to let you not match everything. Parody, how how many more months are we going to go over this with him? We'll probably be in um, Shadowkeep. It'll probably get to December, and he'll go. September seventeenth. Why I can't put this um, arc mod in this void slot. Why? Why, Bungie? Why? Why, guys? The, the, why did he? Why did he specify seven, it'll give you a discount? Seven more weeks. Why did we have to specify it'll be discounted based on the? I, I don't think it'll stop then. I don't think it'll stop then. No, you, you get a discount you? on the the I energy Exactly. So, if it has to match, then there's so, no discount. That's just how much it costs. Okay, so right, what it has saying, to match, but you can put more powerful. You know, maybe maybe you have something that costs five energy that that you could put in with your four energy thing that you know with with you have a discount if it discounts one of those it'll let you put in a little more powerful things because one of the costs are discounted you still can't be an overpowered god but you can be slightly closer to it that's what he's saying like the general mod slots for like hand cannon reloader that are the small arms ones that cost mm. four to five energy mm -hmm. so that costs four to five energy but if you get a specialization weapon like the enhanced hand cannon loader, that'll only cost you like three or four energy. So it's lower than the general small arm mods. That's what they're talking so about. You don't, the... you don't get a discount based on the affinity match. You just get a no, discount but... because it's a specialization. Well, you get a discount on the energy. So right. you can fit more mods in there. So say the small arm no, I, I get uh, weapons cost you five energy. That that's what you were saying. Yeah, I got, You've I got only then got following. five energy slots left. So you can only put maybe, you know, something really small and something, you know, yeah, in the extra couple of slots. Yeah, I gotcha. That was, just, that was a verification. All right, cool. So um, da, da, da. combat, the inevitable collision of action and RPG. We want the game to be an awesome power fantasy where challenge can push back on its players. The display values for damage for Shadowkeep Rocket off the graph and become almost vertical. The inflation for damage is getting retooled this fall. Behind the scenes, we're setting up damage display system to last. Behind the scenes, we're setting up the damage display system to last. That sounds better. We are not nerfing your outgoing damage. Rather, we're refactoring the displayed number game-wide. In the game today, if you're 50 power below an enemy and you shoot it, you deal a big old donut which I'm assuming means zero. Another change we've made 
for fall is that we've lowered question mark raised the immunity wall to 100 this means you can now deal damage to enemies that are up to 100 power level above you he said below but i'm assuming he meant above you consensus Lower. above yeah because okay. he he wasn't sure whether he lowered or raised so but he gotcha. didn't correct it the other way yeah all right so uh buffs debuffs and stacking rules so I think this is where a lot of people were kind of on podcasts that I'd listened to at the beginning of the week where they were saying like Lunar Faction Boots and Well of Radiance and all that um, is going to get nerfed. You know, Rally Barricade, the new Ward of Dawn, they don't know how this is going to work because you can kind of stack this, stack that. So I think this is them saying, this is how it's going to work. Did you want me to do that bit? I'll do that bit. I mean, you can. You've already started it. Okay. So go ahead. So the way damage stack, the way damage stacking works in game right now is busted, and they admit that. Multiplicative damage combines with the exponential damage inflation above to send damage numbers to soaring heights, of which we cannot continue in this way. So we've overhauled the system under the hood. So damage calculations use only the most powerful buff on the player at a given time. It's got a nuance to it, though. If you're under the damage effect of something stronger than the Well of Radiance, you will still receive the healing effect from the Well, but the damage bonus would come from other buffs, e.g. Lumina, Weapons of Light. We've made some changes to the debuffs as well. Debuff is an effect that weakens an enemy. We've touched the effects and durations of a number of them. These effects include Hammer Strike, Shattering Strike, Tractor Cannon, and shadow shot shadow shots will now work on powerful weapons as well in general only one ability buff can be active on a player at a given time and enemies can be affected by only one debuff at a time there are notable exceptions in the form of exotics and weapon amplification perks kill clip rampage etc the exotics and the weapon amplification perks will remain multiplicative Increase the damage and above the ability buff values. Okay. So the only question I have, and I, I don't think he's addressed it, and this could be a discussion, is if we're revamping the whole damage buff or resistance debuffs, mm. right? Does that mean that they're going to change boss battles? Because if you recall he said once upon a time that they designed encounters based on how overpowered we are, or if they're nerfing a lot of this stuff and that, I mean, essentially it is a nerf. So if they're nerfing the damage output that we can do, does that also mean that they're going to redesign these encounters that have been designed around our damage output? Or is it just going to get flat out harder? No, I think let's take the recent raid, the crown of sorrow. Sure. People are able to one phase, the last boss. Sure. And that is basically due to the fact that we are overpowered. So I think with the changes that are coming with Shadowkeep, what's going to happen is that it's going to come down to teamwork and the way the mechanics are meant to work. So you won't, or you, you possibly could one phase the boss, but it's going to be harder to one phase. It's going to actually play to the game mechanics. You're going to have to actually do what's required, and it may take two or three phases to actually kill them. The same with Callus. If you go back and play that raid, if you're going to go back and get that armor set in the new 2.0 version, 
then it may take all four plates on one phase to kill him, or it could take two phases on all four plates. It could be one plate, one phase, that's it over and done with. We don't know with the new system, but I could see like people taking turns, what they actually do. You know, one point you've got like the, the debuff with the tractor cannon. So yeah. let's say Crown of Sorrows, you tractor cannon his knee, you're standing your Well of Radiance, you're getting the the damage or you're getting the damage mitigation you know getting the the healing but you're not doing the extra damage to them from the tractor cannon as well as the well so you're getting one half of that so right. i think I people are going to have to yeah but i think people are going to have to kind of work things out of if you are going to one phase them it's going to be kind of working together you, you know what i mean it's going to be more yeah, planned out rather than kind of just hit I... the guy with everything we've got like it is now you're going to have to change your abilities and time them properly rather than just whacking everything down and hoping for yeah. the best. And here I was thinking it was going to be easier for the Frozen Clan to do raids. Hmm. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Dream so shattered. they've got a simplified version that they go into. Say so buffs that apply to a single weapon, say so Rampage, Kill Clip, and Exotics, can still stack, but the buffs that affect all your weapons no longer stack. The most powerful of those buffs will be applied to your damage. Um, and supers in Destiny were overly restrictive at launch, but now the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction, and they'll start to bring those back towards the centre in Shadowkeep. They say that we want super kills to feel earned, and we want players on the business end of the super to feel like they can make a big play and put down that striker titan. So supers will be just as powerful but they will be more strategic choice. We're reducing the effectiveness of orbs on refilling the super meter and reducing the super energy gained from kills and assists. So um, another slight nerf to how it was mm -hmm. recently. So, you know, we've taken back some of the um, super generating armor pieces. Now we're going to take back some of the orbs. But, you know, you've still got things like bad juju, You've still got masterwork. Is going to be more relevant at that point? No, but you, be more of a meta? you've got you've got more of a chance with your your masterworked weapons and your exotic weapons that give you more super, and then you've got armor pieces that give you super. You've now got all the new stats like your intellect, discipline, the strength. Will then all play a part in rebalancing it out. So, in a way, it is a nerf to what originally was in year two but then you've got new stuff coming in that would then ultimately affect that so you may not necessarily see it as a nerf once you kind of get to that you know pinnacle power level it well, may I think, kind of i think it is a nerf particularly for crucible i think maybe it's not so much of a issue for pve but it is a big nerf for crucible and it needed it supers are just flat out broken in crucible as far as i'm concerned at the minute there is nothing you can do it's just a death sentence as soon as you hear one coming anywhere roughly in your direction and i i fully welcome this change to tone supers down i mean they still they still say that um supers are still very very powerful in the pve game players will just need to be slightly They're more just harder to get with their timing yeah. No, the you know, I think the orb generation. You still generate ton of orbs these days. You know, and there's normally hundreds of orbs. No, no matter how you justify it, that last sentence makes it harder to get your super. There's no way around it. 
If you get less right. energy back from kills, less energy back from orbs, less energy, less energy. No, no matter how you justify it, that last sentence says they're bringing the game. It's going to be harder to get your super back. Right, and they're bringing the game back into back into more balance with that change. When they launched the game, everything felt weak. Everything felt underpowered. Now we've gone fast. We've we've made everything into you know insurmountable gods. Now the game is too powerful. We need to bring the game back a little bit. And this is a good a good reset, especially as people come into the game. Like imagine you know your friend says, "Hey, you know, come play Destiny with me. It's free to play now. We can jump into Crucible. We can have some fun." And you're just getting steamrolled by super after super after super, and the way it is right now. That's not a good experience. That's just going to make me delete the game and never come back to it. And and so that's I, I think thing. I think we you know reining them back in in PVE and PVP is a good change for the game because it'll make the content feel a little harder and you can actually enjoy playing it a bit more than just you know jump on the super train and stand in this well and never have to think about what you're doing. And and when that YouTuber we had this discussion about, he says I feel like Crucible is just me running away from supers. At the time, I said I didn't feel that way. I hadn't. I hadn't experienced that. But since then, I don't know if I was just made aware of it or if now I'm hyper observant of it or whatever. But lately, now when I play, now I'm also starting to feel that way. There's just supers everywhere, you know? And yeah. I don't know if that's just a matter of perspective because now he put the thought in my head or if it's actually like that. But but yes, I am I am on board with the whole in Crucible. There's just everybody's got a super except you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much the moment the moment they start coming it's all over. If you're if you're on the losing end of that super train, you're done for. Oh yeah. I mean, they haven't said that it's going to be reset to Destiny Two Year One. It's going to be somewhere in the middle right. road, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be too bad. And you know, and the amount of orbs that we drop these days, I I bet you very rarely see it in PVE. There's going to be too much of a an issue. But mm-hmm. as yeah. Celestial was there, yeah, there's, there's enough ways to make orbs. It'll be fine. Yeah. So. They're also making some changes to heavy, which you were quite happy about, Celestial, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, that's my other bugbear. The three things for me are supers, heavy, and the speed of balance patches. So heavy changes, another one fully welcomed. Well, by all means, let, let, let's explain to everyone what these heavy changes mean, Celestial. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> so they are making heavy ammo go back to how it was in destiny one where it's communal rather than for a single person so if you want to get your team and group up around the heavy box before you pull it and everyone gets it that's cool i like that particularly because then it gives everybody a chance rather than just having one person snowball in the game by getting heavy killing everyone going back getting more heavy they're also and looking initially, at oh. initially was it like that in trials? I, I seem to remember at some point in time in this game See, that this that was a thing. Does. No, I'm asking. That's a question. So trials was kind of it, it was the same thing. Everybody got it when you pull it, but it was okay. only on one round. It wasn't available all the time. Um it, it was something like round three, I think, had heavy and that was it. Uh, and there was actually an option if both teams agreed to wave it off and then you wouldn't have heavy at all, which was just the perfect game. Less heavy the better. So the other things that they're doing, they are reducing the amount of ammo per brick that you get for PvP, um, which is, again, a nice little tone down so they've got somebody running around with a hammerhead for three hours shooting everyone. Um, The only difference they're changing, actually mentioning back to the sort of communal pulling of it, uh, it is going to have a little bit of a window of time for everyone to grab it. You don't all have to be standing there at the exact same second. I think with Destiny One, you had to be within like twenty meters, didn't you? you had to be in the vicinity. It was, 
Yeah, like 20 meters, and that brick would stay on the floor for like yeah, five seconds or something. On yeah. the other side of the map, and still have access oh, to yeah. it. You had to be quite close. Yeah, you know, I definitely remember screaming at, at both uh, frozen teammates and bluebeards going, wait, 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 I'm almost right there. And they pull the heavy right before you get into range. And it's like, well, you guys get heavy and I'll just stand here and look pretty. I mean, yeah, they say I, this I, is... Sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say, they, they say this is for 6v6 playlist. So I was just wondering if it might be Iron Banner as well, because that's a 6v6. That's all I was wondering. I would imagine it will be for Iron Banner. Yeah. Now we're going to have to edit you asking all these damn questions, Demon. Damn it. Let the man talk. <laughs> yeah, always cutting in. Right? <laughs> but it, it, on the same token, right? This sounds pretty cool. See, here we go. But I'm but all no, for it. No, listen. I, I'm a, all for it. It's a good too. change. And I, I miss I miss the D1 way of not yes. one person gets heavy and you can actually Until spread it around. The entire enemy team all have heavy. Right, but you have less of it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. There's, there's it's gonna be you, less you know, of it. you know, I'd much rather have four guys have one rocket. Then one guy have hammerhead from now until next Tuesday. Okay, well, one guy when he gets it, he gets two rockets. Now the whole As community it is, gets it. Now there's six rockets. You've increased the you rockets. You get the field. less. You're going to get less ha- heavy out of the box. You get two now. You'll probably get one going. Yes, you know, in Shadow but Keep. six people getting one rocket is still six rockets on the field instead of two. Fine, I can outrun. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm. I'm still, I'm still good with that. Is, that's then 12 rockets on the field. There's six on your side, six on their side, rather than just one person right. on their team having two and your team having nothing that you can do about it. Right. I don't know if they've confirmed whether it's going to be two bricks available at the same time like they did with Destiny 1, though. That's the only issue. Oh, yeah. that could Ho- be an issue. Um, yeah. Hopefully they, they go back to here. full Destiny 1. Hopefully they will, because I hope they've learned that lesson. But yeah, we'll see. There's a we lot of see. people saying a lot of hopes in this sentence. In this, <laughs> right. that's all I've got left. Have yeah, to hope. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's all we can say. We, you know, they're not going to tell us exactly what they're doing. We're going to have to wait till October and see. So, and again, I think it's again just like the the whisper of the worm. If they do it and they say, okay, this is still broken, we have one one heavy box. You know, it's it's leading to one team winning and losing every single time. Let's have the second heavy box. Let's do what we did before. Let's relearn that. You know, hopefully they don't they don't have to relearn that lesson, but they may have to. And if they do, we hang tight till they do. But let's get to the many things we still don't have from Destiny One. All the missing dun, game dun, modes. Dun. Go on, Celestial, you carry on. You want me to carry on? Yeah. Okay, so the first thing that they're talking about in those Destiny One missing modes are the changes to trials. Um, which they changed so much. It went from three V three up to four V four. Um, uh, it really was quite a lot there. Um, there were some cool parts. They said the Emissariga was pretty cool. He had their own little environment. They could go climbing up the towers. Um, some of the gear was pretty potent as well, but Trials of the Nine didn't really work the way that they'd hoped for. With that being said, Trials of the Nine is on hi- hiatus indefinitely. And I'm going to point it. out in there that, yeah, there's a, the interesting part is that they put the emphasis on the Nine. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of alluding that we're going to get Trials of Osiris back, or some variant close to it. So let me do the YouTuber version. Trials returned confirmed! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're getting, we're not getting Trials of the Nine back, but we're getting Trials back in some form, probably as a 3v3 elimination again. Okay. If not immediately, yeah. they're definitely moving in that direction, because that's where we're going next. But not? no Rift, 
still no rift we, we we don't get to have a spark and dunk it is rift just gone I miss forever rift as well i don't know why rift got all the hate that it did i really enjoyed rift yeah i i, I enjoyed it soft at least as a rotate i, I looked through i looked through this list going okay they're bringing that they're bringing that but but no rift rift is nowhere to be seen did did, did the guy who developed rift left to talk the code with him i'm, I'm very confused about this <laughs> he took the patient there. with him right yeah he's like I, I, i'm taking my spark and i'm leaving you can't have it it's my spark now <laughs> yeah i'm just like why bring everything back but rift i don't, I don't get it so talons tell us what's going to happen this fall this fall they are making significant changes to the pvp portion of the director in destiny one players could run a couple of strike groups team up for a raid and then play 6v6 pvp or they could split off into two groups and play 3v3 pvp but with destiny 2 they decided to kind of completely break that pattern and instead had pvp being 4v4 so if you decided to do a raid 6v6 and then decided to split off into a pvp activity four people get to come along two people have got to sit on the sidelines bit of a shame so they are looking at revising the playlist quite a lot so quick play and competitive nodes are being removed from the director Instead, they've added a classic mix as a connection-based playlist, which is always great. Uh, and that classic mix includes control, clash, and supremacy, unfortunately. Uh, competitive is being replaced by 3v3 survival, um, which now grants glory. They are also going to have a solo queue for competitive 3v3 survival, which I think is great. I think that's been missing from the game for such a long time, a solo queue. Particularly being 3v3 survival just makes that absolute best. I'm I'm incredibly happy with that change. Don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on competitive right now. Yeah. I, I did I'm, have something on competitive. Go ahead, Parody. Oh, I just I too am very happy because I tend to I tend to solo in competitive, get my light up a little bit, play my three three to six games a week. So I'm happy to jump into that solo queue playlist and jump in there with my other solo friends. So even if we get stopped, we're getting stopped by four random people versus four working as a team. Um, the only thing that I had, right, and this is before the whole maybe Charles is coming back discussion, was uh, he still didn't really mention anything with the – how can I say this? So so with New Light, there's going to be more players, right? Obviously, Crucible is going to change in that aspect. There's going to be more people in for various reasons. But without any kind of confirmation, I'm not really – it seems kind of – disheartening to me because all the sweaties are still going to be in the quote-unquote regular playlist because there's nothing trials-ish for them to go to because there's nothing that gives them specific armor or specific weapons or specific whatever you know redacted fill in the blank however you want to phrase it that's going to encourage them to go and do competitive right yeah, yes but they won't be able to go into solo survive queue though will they like you can why not? Are you saying that because, just because he's a good player, he can't go into a no, solo no, queue? They can't do like a three v three stack solo. Yeah, yeah, they can still they, they can still play the competitive, but they have to play it. Yeah, I mean, they can still jump into into what was quick play, the classic mix. They can still jump into classic like everybody else. And yeah, they're going to be in that in that world. Yeah, a sweat a, a sweaty is still a sweaty. It doesn't matter what game mode he's playing. You may he's get still... the sweaty on your team though, and you'd like that, wouldn't you? No, when it comes sure to when it comes when it comes to coin oh, flip, uh, yes, teams, yes, you would. I'm not the greatest when it comes to that kind of luck, RNG, whatever. Is it possible? Yeah, but but here's my thing. I still would prefer something for them, and even me, because I did play trials, right? 
to go do something that's worth a reward more than a pinnacle weapon that once they're done, they're back in regular playlist. Well, with that pinnacle you know, weapon, they're, kicking they're everyone's talking ass. about it yet, but there may be pinnacle rewards or maybe something that you want to get out of it. They just haven't told us yet. Yeah, there, there's definitely something coming. They've trials is going to come back. Probably, probably not day one, but we're going to have something back in this currency in this upcoming season of Shadowkeep. So, should we let um, talents continue? So, as well as the classic mix playlist and the other changes to sort of the competitive playlist, there's also going to add a specific 6v6 control playlist, which is a good place for you to jump in with some brand new friends that you've brought along to the game. Um, and there's also a weekly 6v6 rotator and a weekly 4v4 rotator, which I'm really confused about because I thought we just agreed a few sentences earlier that 4v4 kind of broke the pattern of the game. They're still hanging on. That's what that is. <laughs> Not sure why that's there, but they okay. want to be really Somebody sure. Likes <laughs> but at least it's a rotator now, and it's not a all the time thing. It's an in and out kind of whatever, right? So there's some people out there that enjoy the 4v4, I guess. If so. you if you want to play if you want to play 3v3, but you've got that one guy that just wants to hang out with you for four, you can go into that playlist. The respawn of the group just doesn't want to go away. <laughs> that fourth the fourth wheel that you just tag along, or, or I mean, it, it would also sort of be nice. You're running... a fourth wheel is a good thing. <laughs> That's a bad uh, analogy. <laughs> depends on the vehicle you're driving. That's all I'm saying. My ship has no wheels, so I don't know what to do about that. I mean, the only thing I think about that is it, it would be nice if you're if you're running if you're running Gambit or something with four. I was just thinking of all the four player activities, uh, Gambit, and that's it. So yeah, I mean, you could at least jump between Gambit and that with a stack of four if you were hanging yeah, out. That I could be what a four could be for Gambit, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe just and, and, and maybe getting something you know you know whatever the redacted thing is. Maybe that'll be a four v four thing. So maybe you, you could take your group of four and go somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it does seem weird to say this didn't work, but we want to be really sure. Maybe maybe they're thinking again with all the, the hopeful influx of new players. You've got two or three. You can get that fourth guy. You say, "Hey, come come play D two with us. It's free now. It'll be fine. You know, you won't get stomped too badly." So I don't know. Cool. So the the rotator playlist, the six v six, the four v four. There we're going to be going to see modes like Clash, Supremacy, Mayhem, Lockdown, and Countdown is in there as well, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also removed some underperformer maps from matchmaking, which I didn't actually know until I read this. So there you go. I've learned something too. Um, the best part of the news is that elimination is coming back, and with four variants to start us off in the Crucible Labs sort of things as a sort of battle to see which one is best. I'm really interested to see what way they go with that because I don't know of much more they can do apart from the revive tokens and heavy differences. So four modes is quite interesting. Let's see what they do. Melee's only. Melee's only. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so along with testing those new elimination maps, they're going to bring back some familiar maps to try them on. Like the good old days, we're getting Widow's Core and Twilight Gap coming back. Uh, and there are also changes to matchmaking. In the game today, Quick Play is the only playlist that doesn't have some version of skill-based matchmaking in the game. They're preserving that behavior, connection-based matchmaking, in the 6v6 classic mix playlist. And the others will presumably have some sort of skill-based matchmaking in them. We've also refactored how players gain glory ranks with these skill match changes so that it's sort of based on your representational skill as well as your wins and losses. So perhaps if you 
perform really well in a game, but you still lose, you won't lose quite so much glory as you would have previously, which is pretty positive, especially for that sort of solo queue playlist that they're looking at above. That sounds good. And some general quality of life changes to glory, valor, and infamy to make losses less punishing to streaks. Perhaps you might get some sort of uh, grace period where you don't lose your streak immediately in a loss or something. Who knows? All good things, yeah. I'm I'm also very curious to see what they bring to the elimination, and I'm happy to see the two maps back. The, the Twilight Gap remains a Striker Titan's dream, just running back and forth on those hallways and, shadow, and uh, shoulder-charging people was no end of fun. And on uh, Twilight Gap, I never did very well on because I always got sniped from afar, but I'm happy to see them coming back. It seems like they're just going to be an elimination to start with. So, but it's at least nice to see some maps coming back, and maybe we'll see some actual new maps going forward. Maybe hopefully. that would be nice. Getting some new PvP content would be good. Yeah, and especially if if they are going to change the number of people on the board. I don't want to play a three v three match in a map built for six. That's yeah. You could hide in a corner and never see. You know, we go back to trials, hide and seek, and you never see the other team. Yep. Have we got anything else on PvP? Um. I did, but when I started to talk, parody... No, yours didn't count. So, an evolving world. <laughs> During Season 8, a new situation will unfold on the moon. Over the course of the season, parts of the game will change before the situation accumulates in an event that will ultimately resolve it, and the content will be exhausted. So, very similar to what we had with Forsaken, and the Dreaming City opening up, and then the raid opening up more stuff... Sounds like this is what's going to happen with um, the moon. So they say, but this resolution sets up the events in season nine, which again adds something new to the game and resolves it. Something that uh, something that, that will too, also go away. Gosh, that that too. Will, that, that, no, but it's something that too will all go. That doesn't make sense. Something that too will always go. Away. I know. Something Don't, that will go away. Did, did you copy and paste? You shouldn't copy and paste. I, I did copy and paste. <laughs> yeah, of course he copy and paste. Do you think he's going to write all this? Yeah. I, I'm happy to see some progression to the game world. What do you guys think? I mean, up until now, you go and you kill a god, and you come back the next day, and the god's back, and you kill him all over again. <laughs> It'll it nice to see some something changing. Again, getting a little more of the RPG aspect. You go do a thing, it has some consequences. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, big fan. They say something that will go away, but not before the setting up season 10 and etc. This year, we will see events that last for three months and offer new rewards to chase. Although at the end of the period, some of the activities will go away. For a time, the rewards will too. But we will also acknowledge the part of playing Destiny is collecting all of the stuff. So in future seasons, the weapons, the legendary armor associated with the season activities will be added to other reward sites. So that sounds quite good, rather than just kind of them disappearing forever. Again, technical limitations aside, we also don't think making a game that grows forever is Destiny's path forward. Verity, you had some thoughts. I've shared those thoughts. I'm I'm happy to have something happen in the game that matters. Okay, I think that that's that. Now we've now we've got this week at Bungie. Yeah, but hold on. Uh, Respawn has yeah. thoughts. Okay. What, am I not allowed to talk? Just let me you know. Can, I'll go back to eating. Talk. No, no, I'm just thinking of All thoughts. Because right. every time I've said something, he's like, yeah, you don't care. Yeah, you don't care. Um, 
But this, this to me seems like another one of those things where you have an expiration date on stuff. You know, they're talking about, you know, pressing out all this content, you know, wham, bam, thank you, man. Boom, 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 boom. But right here, hey, in three months, it's going to go away forever or at least for a time. Right. Yeah. They're restricting themselves. Leave it's it like open. The, it's like the Redrick Broadsword or the Redrick's Claymore. Yeah. So it came in that first season. And if you didn't get it, you couldn't get it the next season. But then they brought it back in the season after that, that you could then do a longer um, thing to get it you know longer quests so. yeah all right it's it's very similar as long to that. as it's not gone forever if it's like a rotational kind of thing cool i just don't want them to disappear forever because I mean, people out there get busy with life games etc they shouldn't have to miss out just because I mean, of bad luck or yeah uh, well i mean there's there's already a ton of stuff that's gone forever in the game so what's adding a little bit more to it yeah but earlier i was discussing about how i'm not a fan that all that stuff is gone you know because new players should have yeah. have Ha, ha, be well, able to access those things that aren't here anymore. Well, well, but then going going back to the you had to be there and you had to try hard at the time. What's the point in grinding and getting those new things if anybody can just come in and get them? If you've already got it, it shouldn't be open to you, right? But the event should be available to those that haven't done it, unless they miss the time on it. I'm poking okay. the bear here. I'm sorry. Sorry, right. this is. <laughs> I'm just. We're talking in circles. I don't. I. I'm a firm believer that they shouldn't put an expiration date on things. Events like like Iron Banner that you know for a fact are going to come back, put a week expiration on there. It's going to come back. But things that are going to be gone forever should not have an expiration date. You know they shouldn't be gone forever. You shouldn't restrict. You know for when people come into the game. Because, like, what if you're, you're talking to your friend? Hey, man, did you hear about the Gallimhorn? Yeah, man, that's great. I love that thing, dude. But it's too bad you can't get it anymore. And he's like, but wait, I was going to buy Destiny. Well, you can still buy it, but you just can't get the cool weapon that just excited you. Sorry. So, this Thank week you. at Bungie, for the 15th of August, 2019, we have part one of Luke Smith, part two of Luke Smith, and part three of Luke Smith. <laughs> yeah. And then... They also tell you that Deej did a stream telling you about yeah. Armor 2.0. Stats, yep. mods, appearances, and more were discussed throughout the stream, as we've covered in our six-hour-long podcast. And now but... we get to the most important part that I will let 19 tell you all about. <laughs> no, you can do it. I'm, I'm worded out now. You don't, you don't want, to, want to talk about the Levante Prize? The most no. prestigious fashion prize in the entire universe? Awarded in honor of the original Guardian Outfitter, Eva Levante. We're going to have a fashion show in Destiny. Each month, they will hold a fashion show. And the winners will earn this sweet emblem. That's all you need to know. It's actually a pretty good emblem. A lot of these emblems I'm looking at and I'm going, mm, this is sort of sort of terrible. I don't really care about this. Looking at you, Lord of Wolves one. But I am excited for this emblem. I will probably not participate in the fashion show because you can only wear Dusk and Dawn so many different ways. But I'm excited to see where this goes, and I appreciate that they've given some sort of weight to the fashion game. I think it's a good thing. It's absurd, it's and I love it. It's the only thing that they'll allow in the fashion show, by the way. True. Sure you know. That'll be my fashion so now, show. Now, we have what everybody's been waiting for. Uh, we have what everybody's been waiting for. Parody's <gasps> preparation guide. Yay! Parody's going to sit you down and tell you, you What's next on the roadmap? Did you not listen to the show last week? We, we talked about this on the show last week. I, I know, but they tell you more stuff. www.bungie.net slash cross save. 
Our next stop on the road to Shadowkeep is Cross Save. Next Wednesday, October 21st, Cross Save becomes available to all players of Destiny 2. They've been doing some testing on their side to ensure a smooth launch. They also recommending reading. Okay. They also recommend safeguarding your Steam account. Two-factor authentication is your friend. Get it, use it, love it. Next Tuesday, August 20th, Steam linking is scheduled to go live for all players on Bungie.net. They will then allow you to migrate your Destiny 2 account from Battle.net later this year. And again, if you're going to play the game on cross-save or on PC at all, going forward, you need to go to Steam. Go to Steam. There's a Bungie support page. It'll tell you how, how to do it. It'll tell you all about setting up Steam Guard two-factor authentication. Do it. It's easy. It'll make your life easier. Especially if you are of any kind of visibility, do it because you don't want your account to get hacked and bad things to happen. It's a big pain. Cross-save. August versus October. Again, August 21st, cross-save goes live. When the features goes live, we'd like to set expectations about how cross-save, about how the cross-save experience will evolve following the launch of New Light and Shadowkeep on October 1st. When cross-save launches, cross-save-enabled players will not be able to access expansion destinations or activities. You can't access the new annual pass content on platforms you have not bought the annual pass content. For example, if you're on Xbox, you enable cross-save, you go over to PC, you still have to buy the, the extra content on PC to play it. Your powerful rewards. When cross-save launches, cross-save launches, players who earn gear on platforms where they do not own Forsaken will receive that gear at below Forsaken power levels until Forsaken is purchased. So you can still earn the gear. It's just going to be really low, le really low level. So it's you have it, but it's not really super useful. Uh, so, for example, if you have a cross-save enabled player at, at a 750 character level, you own Forsaken on your Xbox, but not on PS4, you'll receive all your powerful gear drops at 380 on the PS4 while cross-saving to your Xbox until you purchase Forsaken on that PS4. Um, the power restrictions will be removed in the update 2.6.0, which launches with New Light and Shadowkeep later this year. Uh, DMG has a brief note about the patch for Reckoning Rate drops is planned for early September, so keep an eye out for that. And finally, you, us, people of all ages, guardians of all types, we have made it to tips, tricks, and guides. Thank you for bearing with us this long. We appreciate it. <laughs> before, before we get into tips, tricks, and guides, I have the oh. best tip. I have the best tip. Ooh, ooh, hot this tips, is hot tips and hot takes. Houndish exclusive. This is one that I have thought of myself. Ooh, ooh, I, this is a night, a fresh night demon tip all the way from it the is. UK to your ears. Let's it hear it. So, August 21st, cross save is enabled. Yes, so that's Wednesday. I believe so, so yes. The 21st of August, yes. That's that's 821 or 21-8, uh, 22nd in the uh, lovely land of Australia. Mm -hmm. If If you're not on PlayStation 4, but you have a friend who has a PlayStation 4, badger them hound them you know get a, an account on playstation 4 jump on there go to Zer on friday buy the fated engram and get the wave splitter then jump back to pc or xbox Ooh, hot wave splitter tip don't know if it's going to work it may still be shut off until september october but if you've Somebody got out there, all the other exotics if you've got all the other exotics you should technically be able to jump on a playstation 4 buy the fated engram and it should drop you the wave splitter like it did accidentally a couple of months back for xbox players because it's only available on the playstation 
Just saying. Hmm. Good tip. We'll see if it works. Or if you'll get your 17th uh, Graviton Lance. <laughs> so now you can move into tips and tricks. Sorry. So now tips and tricks that don't come straight from the mind of Night Demon. Uh, Ninja Pups, the best way to farm Bright Dust in the Season of Opulence, and tips for Shadow Keep. Basically, you can go and pick up, there's a there's an Eververse bounty for killing Hive mini-bosses. You can buy it for three bounty notes. The quickest way to do this is load into the Crown of Sorrow. When you load into that raid solo, you can kill about eight knights in that first room per run. It'll take you about two minutes to finish the bounty. Go back to Eververse, pick it up again. With 12 bounties completed, you'll have about 1,000 Bright Dust. It takes you about 35 to 40 minutes of gameplay. Again, loading times may make it longer or shorter. If you don't have a bunch of Eververse notes, he had, I think, 350 Eververse bounty notes, so you may not have a big bounty note stack if you don't have it. Do other things, but that is a really quick grind to get through that that bounty. It's, it'll give you a whole bunch of uh, Bright Dust and materials. Uh, Jarv has a mod components farm, which is very similar. So you're going to go into your collections, and you're going to basically empty out all three of your weapon slots. You're going to buy nine of each of these. The Lionheart as a primary, Harsh Language as a secondary, and the Weaver C as your heavy from your collections. You're going to buy these because they come from adventures and they have a greater chance of giving you mod components. You're going to dismantle all of them. You'll get about five components per every set of nine you break down. Again, this is all RNG based, but the cost is actually pretty low. So you're going to purchase things for, for three glimmer. I'm sorry. You're going to purchase all of these guns for 250 glimmer and three gunsmith materials. You're going to get 150 glimmer and two materials back. So basically it's costing you 125 glimmer and one gunsmith material every time you complete the cycle of buy it, break down, buy it, break down. So pretty decent mod component farm. You'll want those to buy the new mods from Banshee come Shadowkeep. Uh, Cheese Forever pointed out that Xur is selling the exotic and um, exotic stronghold for the Titan, which is an annual pass weapon. So maybe the, or, I'm sorry, annual pass armor piece. So I wonder, and he wonders, are those now in the loot pool just in the game or is this an oopsie from Bungie? Um, unfortunately, it gives you the clenched fist, which is guarding with sword, increases move speed, and does not drain ammo. Shots blocked immediately after guarding will heal you. So it's not a great Titan Exotic, but if you don't own the annual pass, it's out there for you to buy from Zero this week. Fallout, he's a terrible person. He has a handheld Supernova Controverse Hold OP PvP build. Basically, just think of Shaq screaming, throw more grenades behind you, and that's basically what this build is. Um, your controversial hole gives you uh, damage resistance while you're charging your handheld supernova. Your charged void grenades returns a small amount of grenade energy. He runs a helmet with ashes to assets, which gives you more super energy on grenade kills and an ordnance grenade mod in everything. He also has boots with enhanced bomber, which speeds grenade cooldown when using the class ability and a demolitionist weapon. Basically, he runs around the map throwing handheld supernovas at everyone and everything and cleans them up with his camera which i think it was a fusion rifle he had with demolitionist but have demolitionist on something clean them up with that you'll throw grenades for days astacross has a chopper gunner build using the lion rampart which gives you the jump jets for accurate hip fire in the air the last word a hip fire weapon and the or wings mall just for damaging people and cleaning things up uh, with a quick access sling for swapping to the last word very quickly add an enhanced hand cannon targeting mod in your armor piece and use the strafe lift because the catapult jump will lead to titan floof. Basically he jumps in the air, fires your wing small with a blinding grenade to sort of do some damage and hurt people in the area. Then he switches to the last word, cleans them up while in the air with all the enhanced targeting from the air and murders everything. So chopper gunner, check that out if you want to jump around like a titan. Cool guy has the Keanu Greaves build. 
which is a Titan with Peregrine Greaves, and then matching that with Sturm and Drang. Um, it's ideal for the Sunbreakers because it'll give you the Temperamental, which is your solar ability kills, grant you and your nearby allies both movement and reload speed, which is basically run around, shoulder charge people, and then use Sturm and Drang to clean up the kills. As he says, you know, jump in there, clean them, clean them up like John Wick. Kenny Cakes, in, in my deep love for auto rifles, he has a breakdown of the sweet, sweet business. And I just saw earlier, he did one for Soros Regime as well that he references in this video, saying, you know, the, the sweet business with the catalyst and the better already perk, it'll give you health back on double kills because when you pick up those orbs, give you a little bit of health. Combine that with your mid-tree striker titan for inertia override, which reloads weapons and increased damages when sliding over ammo. Your Actium War Rig is an absolute must for this build as it reloads 10% of your magazine, which is about 10 bullets every couple seconds as you run around. So you're basically a mobile turret of death. It's not the most effective option if you're playing competitive or trying to win a lot of games, but it's a lot of fun just to run around with. I don't also, know. To me, that seems way more terrifying than you it know, is, your, but the, your but the time to kill, kill on, builds. Yeah, I don't know. The time to kill on it, though, is really slow. It's good, it's good for laying down suppressing fire, but the time to kill with the sweet business is just not great. And also armor 2.0 means I can finally have an Actium War Rig and apply auto rifle perks to it. <laughs> <laughs> because having an exotic chess piece that gives you, say, sidearm ammo isn't exactly great. So that's basically all I took out of the armor 2.0 thing is, is you okay. can now put auto rifle perks on the Actium War Rig. And, and then just so not, do you want to talk some... about our hunter builds? Yeah, I was going to say they have I didn't leave them out completely. Uh, <laughs> since they can't... Ca oh, I'm sorry. Quick draw for hunters. Since they can't cancel swap animation with jump, quick draw is the next best thing. How can you cancel animation? Start to pull a shotgun up, jump, and a Titan Warlock will instantly have the shotgun ready. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Cami Cakes, the only kinetic shoddy with quick draw... And uh, we have a link for that. It's a threat level from Scourge of the Past Raid. Cool. And then Cami Cakes has the best shotgunning build for a hunter, which is also linked. And it has Mindbender's Ambition with Quick Draw paired with any hand cannon. And there you go. So would, would you like to go through our clan focus since we actually have a clan focus this week that, that oh I did not God. just pull out of the air? Yes. Someone actually emailed the show with a clan, no less. All right, so we do have a clan focus. Like you said, uh, the guy sent us an email that said, Hello, my name is Shane. My PlayStation name is Dracketh12. That is Delta, Romeo, Alpha, Kilo, Alpha, Tango, Hotel, 12. And I'm a part of the clan over-powered-ness. So overpoweredness with dashes in between. Or OPNS on the PS4. Haha, <laughs> a friend of mine came up with it. That, that that's he's he said that not me anyways i've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now and i'm loving every bit of it especially the parts with respawn i also feel the same struggle as respawn in crucible with titans shoulder charge has killed me more times than i can count and we're always looking for more guardians to join our clan and listening to your podcast and doing a clan spotlight i thought why not here is a description of our clan op in pvp and PVE equals OP-ness. We are OP-ness in just about every activity we do. Raids, Nightfalls, Crucible, you name it, and we get it done. 
We aspire to beat the best in any activity as cooperation always leads to victory. We do not put each other down. We help each other grow. Now, hold on. Do you help each other grow by putting each other down? Because I find that that's a great motivator. When you put somebody down, they get motivated to prove you wrong. Works every time, except when it doesn't. <clears throat> so all we want is to win with a bunch of chill and fun people. Our clan consists of people mostly 18 or older, so I expect a lot of harsh language. Come join us. We are based on PS4. There are a bunch of us around Central, Eastern, and Western time zones in North America. We also have some clanmates over the pond in Europe, so there's not really a specific time we all play together. We just play when we can. Yes, we do let flat earthers join our clan. <laughs> well done. We just, we just might have a little fun with them, but we mean well. I can be the contact info if anyone else has any questions. Dracath12 is my PlayStation name, and I'll also add another admin to that list. His PlayStation name is Galm underscore two spelled out. So that is Golf Alpha Lima Mike underscore Tango Whiskey Oscar. Thanks again, Dracath12. And we'll put a link to their clan in the show notes, or just go to Bundy.net and search Overpoweredness. Thank you for writing in. Thank you, Dracoth12, for giving us a clan to point people to, especially on PSNs, because you saved me from having to do Night Demon's homework of going and finding one myself. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and we have one bit of feedback. I just want to give uh, Lost2018, um, LOS2810, a shout out. He said, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. And Respawn British has nothing on classic American Night Demon. <laughs> So clearly, listen to the show. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to episode 29. Uh, really just the first 20 minutes. You can skip the rest of it. The The gold is right there up, up top in the front. It really, really is. Though. <laughs> and with that, um, Andy, I would like to give you a special shout out this week. This will be our longest episode. I want you to enjoy each and every moment oh, of Jesus. this six hour opus that Night Demon will, will lovingly handcraft for you. Or maybe you might just give Three you the and raw, a half hours. The raw feed. It's hard to say. I it's think it's going to be wrong. We're just like honestly, you should make it a, from respawn. You should make it a well. I was passionate. I didn't mean to lose my cool. The two-hour respawnless you know. edition. I also want to give a thank you to all twenty-one people subscribed to us on YouTube. So I am slowly becoming a YouTuber. <laughs> oh, we got twenty-one now at a no. time. Yeah, we have no, twenty-one whole people that Woo. listen to watch the show on YouTube, and I my deepest condolences to all of you. Well, I, think, I think we found a replacement in celestial talents for when one of us is on holiday, mm. he can step in and take charge. There you mean go. we found your replacement? Yeah. Okay. That authoritative British voice is what, we, what we're lacking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you for joining us. Your Titans this week are parody and night demon. Your hunter is no one responds in real life. Your man of many classes and mysteries, celestial talents has joined us as well. You can email the show at two titans at a hunter at hotmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter. Find us on Facebook, find us on YouTube. You can join the frozen clan or go join overpoweredness over on PS4. Um, you can find your favorite guardians on Xbox live and you can probably find celestial talents over on the PC. So watch the show on YouTube, listen to the show on Podcoin, Apple podcast, Google play, Spotify, everywhere. Find podcasts are sold and guardians this week. Give us some love. Leave us some uh, reviews on iTunes. Leave us reviews on people. Go to people's house and just scribble two Titans and a hunter on their front door. You know, let people know about the show. I want to thank you all for joining us this week. The heat stroke has gotten to us. I think we've covered all the news. And if Luke Smith puts out part four, we're done. 
<laughs> Say goodbye, Guardians. Deuces, Purples. Goodbye. See you later. here can i talk about him behind his back yet you, you can uh, yeah i'm gonna say here and listen but you can talk about <laughs> but that just kind of defeats the whole purpose man get out of here so i can talk about you but yeah no it's it's uh, uh it was i apologize for thinking you were australian for some reason my brain equ- equated you with one of the aussies we had in the clan before Wait, was this the why. guy you were talking about last podcast was that this guy yeah I absolutely think I deleted it out yeah i think you deleted it I but i didn't even tell him well, that's fine. Oh. Australian. For for some reason. Australian. Well, for some reason, I was talking about you in the podcast, and Parody went off on a complete tangent about letting Australians in the clan. Well, and well it we, took me a while to realize that he was talking about you, and I was like, which Australian. is which again. I'm not sure we'd ever interacted in the game, so I don't. Again, I don't know. We. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. I'm not from Australia. <laughs> 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 I had something that I really wanted to say, but now I forgot it. Oh my goodness.